All right. Welcome back to Unwatchable, you guys. I am your host, Chloe Rodriguez, and I am super pumped about what we have going on today. This is the long-awaited Princess Bride episode. I could think of nothing better to continue our uh, Month of Love February special with. And I have uh, two very passionate Princess Bride fans with me today. I've got Jared Kopsiak. Say hi, everyone. Howdy. You might remember him from the Unpopular Opinions episode that I did, uh, maybe, was it a few months ago at this point? Something like that. Wow. A few weeks ago, a few months ago. I loved that episode. Time is a human construct, so. Who's counting? And um, we have Jamie Andrews. Woo! (laughs) Who's wooing himself. Hey, what's up? No, that was me. That was somebody else in the the back there. In the studio. Get out of here, you. He's got, he's got his Baja Blast. That's true. He's got his Princess Bride shirt on. That's I just true. noticed. I do. You're I fully do. prepared. Uh, what a good day for it, you know? <laughs> what a good day. You guys might remember him from our Pixar Palooza that we had um, on our, our first podcast of 2020. It was the January 1st New Year's special. Yeah, to be fair, they're probably still listening to it. True. It was a, it was a Four hours long, maybe? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Best four hours of my life. Though. Honestly. Thanks, Jared. <laughs> um, and I'm so happy to have them back. I think uh, on both of those podcasts, I alluded to the fact that I maybe wasn't the biggest Princess Bride fan, and both of you yeah, offered remember. to fight. Yeah. yeah, I think I brought it up because I heard it on that one, and I was like, I couldn't let it go. I just had to talk to you about it. And apparently, I had to be on mic, too. <laughs> yeah. You had to wait. I'm pretty sure... At least for me, I don't know if this is true for you, Jamie, but I've been watching The Princess Bride since, like, I was a wee lad. You know, I was maybe, like, eight. Yeah, nine, I was around that age when 10. I watched it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe 11. Could be even 7. Whoa, that's early. Is that too Wow, well, he got you. Well, maybe. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what age I was. All I know, it's, just, it's, it was always, it's always been in my life. It's always been in my life. Mm-hmm. It's always been in my life. Always been in my life. Wow, so you guys are coming in with a level of nostalgia, and I'm sensing competitiveness between you guys, although you're it on the same side. It has been in my life side. since before I was born. My mother blasted it to me in the womb. Bah, blasted it to me. Bah, blasted it right in my little ear holes. Uh, yes, uh, so, so oh yes, God. there is a degree of nostalgia, which I'm sure will come up in this uh, conversation. And yes. maybe a degree of competitiveness. I don't yeah. know. I love how you guys Fuck are you like it. trying to one-up each other, <laughs> but you're on the same side of this argument. <laughs> but I'm going to win whatever it is that no, we're competing No, I against. like the Princess Bride. No, I like the Princess Bride. <laughs> we both like it, but I like it. Oh, yeah, it gives me the most. Oh, my God. Oh. It truly is the month of love. It is. It is. Um, I am not coming into this with the level of nostalgia to give you guys some background onto my experience with The Princess Bride, I'm going to say this is like my second time actually watching it. However, I have made previous attempts before. The first time I tried to watch this movie, I was in like the sixth grade, I think. I passed out because at the time I had like a 104 degree yeah. fever, like almost had to go to the hospital. I was so sick. And for some reason, I was like, now's the time. And so I was trying to watch this movie, passed out, never finished it. So then a few years later, I was like, no, like it will be redeemed. I'm going to watch it again. And I come from this, (laughs) this was maybe in like the beginning of high school. I come from a large family in a small house. 
And I can't... Sounds like a sitcom. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's called Full House. Oh, yeah, there you go. Although their house truly, is actually pretty huge. It truly so was a full house. <laughs> so <laughs> my family has this bad habit of, you know, when you're not watching something, everyone just happens to be like, sitting around politely mm. discussing things it's a generally quiet place and then the moment you try to watch something every, suddenly everyone is like oh i'm i have to do my drum practice now sorry just... my mom like comes in with a vacuum <laughs> yeah everyone's just like the dogs are barking like the second you press play on something you're just like hey i adopted these elephants <laughs> just for the day Yep. Yep. That is the family that I come from. So that's happened like literally every time I've tried to watch this movie. So then about two years ago, I finally popped it on. I was like, I'm going to watch it. I think I was 22 at this point. So I was far past the level of nostalgia. And then uh, I, I sat in my room alone and watched it alone and just stared blankly throughout the entire viewing. That's the ideal way to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. In a dark room by yourself. Staring blankly. <laughs> preferably nude with a dog on your lap. <laughs> covering um, your genitals. Or like 17 cats. Um, and they're all covering your genitals as well. Yeah. Each one, one paw. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, no, that's perfect. Cool. Yep. Panda Express. Or some panda. <laughs> some cold noodles. Yeah, just some, oh, yeah. Eat some leftover Panda Express and just throw it in the general direction of your yep. face. Yeah. Yep. That was, that was basically how it went down. And okay. uh, ever since then, I haven't had the strongest takeaway from this movie. So I decided enough is enough. I sat down. I watched it with people with the lights on. Oh, okay. No cats. Fully panda clothed. Express. Some Panda Express, <laughs> yes. But right, it was but heated up. It was hot? Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> And uh, we'll, we'll see today if my opinions may have changed, because if you had talked to me last week before I had rewatched this movie, I would have told you uh, that movie sucks. So let's Dang. see if that... Well, I'm glad I didn't talk to you last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, we both kind of did. On our last podcast episode, we did talk to her before last week. Oh, that's true. And she basically did tell us... Technically speaking. But no, you wouldn't have wanted to talk to me last week either. Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> Just for that week only. Oh, okay. Well, it, was a, it was a bad week. Got it. Um, do you guys have anything to add before we jump into the movie? Wow. Whoa. Jared just jumped in. <laughs> oh, um, shit. Um, I'm sorry. I would, I would love to add something, Chloe, but I feel like we got to jump oh, in God, after. Oh, God, we got to go save him. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Here we are hey, in the well, pit of Princess Bride well, conversation. Welcome to the pit, guys. How is wow. it? The pit of despair. Oh, oh good transition. Thanks. Are you guys? Uh, you guys are sucking me into your <laughs> your Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah, you're a character now, Claude. <laughs> you with your sound effects and your role playing. Yeah, that's us. You kids with your sound effects <laughs> and your role playing. <laughs> Get out of my yard with your role playing. <laughs> Slow down. Oh my God. <laughs> This is gonna oh, be. Oh, just fell deeper into the pit somehow. <laughs> oh, fuck! All right, Jesus well, let's, let's take the stairs. All right, I'm gonna take the stairs. There's stairs right here. <laughs> Didn't have to jump that time. No, he did not. All right, Princess Bride, uh, based off of the book written by William Goldman. Yeah, I believe he also wrote the screenplay mm-hmm. to did this he? movie as well. Rob um, Reiner directed. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Rab Rainer. Rab Rainer. Uh, we open on a sick child playing video games. His mom bursts through the door and announces... Hold on. Real quick. Not just any what? sick child. 
Fred Savage. Fred Savage. Was that Fred Savage? Yeah. It was. Oh. It is. Yeah. Oh. Whoa. It was and is. Whoa. Well, it changes everything. <laughs> All right. You might be a little too young, Chloe, but many of our viewers remember Fred Savage from a little show that was very popular in the 90s called The Wonder Years. Okay. Well. And, he's and also sure other things. I mean, I've heard of him. It's always sunny. And he is a very popular comedy director now. Hmm. And he was that guy with the big mole in Goldmember. Lest we forget. Wow. We will never forget. I wow. can't. Sorry. Sorry nice. to interrupt. Okay, well, sorry. Well, let me redo that then. No, 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 no. Okay. <clears throat> we we open on Fred Savage. Woo! I just bugged out for Fred Savage. <laughs> Hot. <laughs> we open on... Nine-year-old Fred Savage. May I remind you? <laughs> <laughs> we open, we open on a sick, a sick Fred Savage child. A sick nine-year-old Fred Savage, <laughs> the horniest creature known to man. <laughs> Which is perfect because his mom announces grandpa's here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're never gonna get through this opening. I'm sorry, scene. <laughs> I'm gonna stop interrupting. I'm my Baja Blast is making me right high right now. <laughs> I'll bring it down. Okay, so his mom bursts through the door and announces, yo, your grandpa's here. <laughs> Whoa. <This> kid, <laughs> She's a rapper. This kid. <laughs> you did pretty good, Jamie. You didn't interrupt for maybe five seconds. <laughs> I'm going to go kill myself. Uh, yeah, oh, switch okay. over to that water. No, no more water. Totally provoked me, to be fair. That was very funny what you said. Uh, this okay. child is not excited about seeing his grandpa at all. No explanation. Oh, well, I guess he says he doesn't like it when he pinches his cheeks. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess because of that and that alone, he's developed a pure hatred for his, that shit. for his own grandfather. Yeah. Um, grandpa enters like the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wrote down. He just bursts through does. the door. He's like, hey yeah, <laughs> He's got like a little entrance plan that he does every time that he thinks it's very endearing. Yeah. I love Peter Falk. Yeah, he Falk. actually, I mean, I think it's very endearing. He's so amazing. It works. He reminds me of my own grandfather, I think. When he does the, yeah. especially at the end, when he's like patting himself down, looking for his, he's like, okay, all right. Yeah. I fucking love that. Yeah, he has a lot of mannerisms that are very endearing and, and yeah. classic grandpa, you know? <laughs> classic <CG>. grandpa. <laughs> oh, yeah. CG, classic grandpa. If we need to abbreviate from now on. Now you guys know, if I say CG, we're talking about PF. Peter Falk. Peter Falk. <laughs> Um, so Grandpa's super excited because he's brought what every sick boy wants to see when he's being told to unplug his video games. Grandpa brought a book with him, y'all. Yeah, and he's very excited to read this book to this child. Real quick. Yes. I have some fun facts about this movie that you probably don't want me to interrupt with. Would you want me to interrupt with those? Sure. <laughs> what? You mean like you're interrupting now? Please. Well, this is the first. This is a pre-interruption. <laughs> this is a pre-interruption that may cut off a lot more interruptions. If I may interrupt, are you okay with me interrupting? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can I ask a question? <laughs> yes. Uh, there. So Rob Reiner had just directed. Um, this is Spinal Tap, which was like his big movie right before he did this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a funny hat in that movie that is hanging in the background behind little Fred Savvy. And it was like a fun little Easter egg. A hat from a... Christopher Guest is also in This Is Final Tap. Exactly. And he also happens to be in this movie. That's why he was cast. Six-Fingered Man. Yep. Oh, that's who that is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I MDB'd a, a small amount, but not everyone. So you might okay. have to help me we out. We got it up here. No worries. We got it right up here. I'm tapping my head. You guys have some encyclopedic knowledge that I don't have. That's why I have extensive notes. And uh, you got it all up here. Mm-hmm. And in here. <laughs> 
We're not pointing to anything. Since Shut no up, Chloe didn't even know that. <laughs> they heard it. The audience can assume you meant your heart. Yeah, probably. Um, so Grandpa begins the tale of the Princess Bride. Uh, we open with uh, Buttercup. She lives on a farm, and she loves bossing around Wesley the farm boy and just fucking telling him to do everything, and all he says is, uh, as you wish. Which is why this movie is so good because she a bitch. The love story is so <laughs> dumb. Yeah, they have no relationship. It's at like all. a Romeo and Juliet thing where they yeah. have. No, it's like a love at first sight, or not first sight exactly, but it is like it's that young love thing where it's just like, oh shit, yeah. I love you, and it's a hundred percent, and there's no reason for it. But it's like making fun of those classic fairy totally. tales where like the princess and the prince just fall in love because they do. And yeah, like, because it does such a good job of making fun of that kind of. <laughs> I'm going to put this out there because I think this might be a a main reason that I'm not a huge fan of this movie. And I'll I'll point it out throughout our recap. But I don't... I I don't understand Buttercup as a character. Uh, Oh, interesting. She's she's very passive, uh, which... I don't I don't subscribe to the theory that like every female character has to be like some fucking badass that's mm. like I don't need no man and like mm. just beating everyone up but she doesn't really do anything and as much as I love Wesley I don't see like all she's done is fucking boss him around and like not I'll do anything do <laughs> Yeah, much <Yeah>. Wesley. <laughs> I agree with you and I think that's the point. Uh, yes. What how I take it and especially when I watched it two days ago or whatever, it's like, oh, yeah, this is done pretty well. She is a representation of those princesses where it's like there's nothing to them the in those classic, classic stories. damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, no. Uh, and... Can I interrupt you? Please. Because <laughs> <laughs> you throw me off. Sorry about that. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, she, like, just represents the classic dumb, like... She makes she, every decision she makes is the wrong one, you know. She's always blundering things. She's very passive, which I think is the point. Yeah, she. I mean, in a lot of those old fairy tales, the princesses are objectified. They are kind of like Jasmine from Aladdin would say: they are objects to be won or things to be rescued. They are possessions to have, which was very much the mentality with dowries and and wives back in medieval ages. Mm-hmm. So that's where those fairy tales kind of draw from. And this one, it's a satire. Yeah, it's a satire on that. But I totally, uh, yeah, she is supposed to be. Well, let's just see what happens. <laughs> Ooh, <baby. laughs> um, and through the narration, we realize that when Wesley is saying, as you wish, what he really means is, I, I love, love you. you. Um, job, Wesley is going somewhere. I don't remember where, but he's set in sail. Is he like going to fight or something? Like he has to leave, but I don't remember why. That's, he goes to join. No, he got captured by the Dread Pirate Roberts. No, 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 yes. but, he, but he was on the ship for a reason. Wasn't no, he supposed he to leave and come back? Like a, he was it. fishing or... No, this. It was something where like he was just going off and doing something, and then he got captured by the Dread Pirate Roberts, and no one escapes the Dread Pirate Roberts. He kills everyone, so she assumed he's dead. Yeah, yeah. The, the, something... It doesn't matter. The, the equivalent of going to the market to sell the cow or something like that. <laughs> exactly. You know? it, it's a satire, so it's like... All these like dumb things where you're like, that's dumb. Is supposed to be dumb. Hmm. And why, I love it. I just wrote, Wesley goes somewhere, but I don't care. He gets murdered by pirates. <laughs> that's all you need to know. Basically. <laughs> I guess you don't need to do anything else. Uh, and then Buttercup vows, 
I will never love again. Very, very yep. classic flat, flat tone. I will never love again. That's how CP, she delivers the classic line. princess. CP. Um, and then five years later, Buttercup is supposed to marry Prince Humperdinck, and then she is attacked and kidnapped by three dudes whose names I don't know entirely. I wrote down Andre the Giant, what's his yep. face, Mandy Patinkin. Yep. Shout yep. out. Well, that's his, that's his name. Yeah. What's his face, Mandy <laughs> And a uh, uh, bald guy with great voice. Yes! <laughs> Wallace Shawn. Wallace Shawn is the that's man. That's who it is. Yes. I could not think of his name. T-Rex from the Pixar. Yeah, among other things, but yeah. that's I, a great one. Yeah. I really love him. Oh, let's, wait, have we talked about Toy Story? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say this movie, Princess Bride, has some of the best yelling of any movie. Oh my god, yes. Good yelling is hard to come by. There's so <laughs> many good screams. And, like... and it mostly is because Wallace Shawn's scream is such a good Wallace scream. Shawn, His yeah. voice is just amazing. Uh... <laughs> Both Billy Crystal and oh, yeah? uh, his wife in that movie. Oh, yeah. Carol... Carol Kane? Kane. Yeah. Okay. I said Carol okay. Channing. Carol Kane, yes. Anyway, yeah. Uh, the characters are Fezzik, um, Inigo Motoya, as we all hear repeatedly over yeah, and over and over again, and Andre the Giant. <laughs> nope, that's Fezzik. Um, what's his name? <laughs> Fucking, uh, oh. Span, uh, the, uh, Damn it! Sicilian. I, I know his name. The Sicilian, whose name is uh, Vin- Enrique. No, Just it's, uh, it starts with a V. Vincini. Vincini. Oh, okay. Thank you. I, of course Vincini. The only person's character's name that I knew out of the three was obviously Inigo. Yeah. Because he's the only one who says it fucking repeatedly. I know, right? He really <laughs> drills at home, you know? That's the hard thing when you're, like, writing a script is that you have to, like, you have to let people know what the characters' names are, obviously, and you have to like repeat it so that everyone remembers. Yep. But then you risk the it, it's that classic like form of exposition that everyone hates, where like a character will come in and someone else will be like, "Hey, bro, yeah, how are you, brother?" Which is like not how people speak, but you like have to establish you got, that relationship. You got to be like, "Mom called again," <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, "Oh, they're brothers. Okay, all right, I see it." Sorry, my mom, <laughs> friend, <laughs> friend, platonic friend who I also don't live with, so you're not a roommate. <laughs> we so, should write screenplays. <laughs> We should write screenplays that's just people introducing themselves. <laughs> oh, God, yes. <laughs> just hours. the expositional part of it. Uh, sounds good. Um, so they kidnap Princess Buttercup, and they're sailing away with her, and then they realize someone is trailing behind their boat. She tries to jump out and, like, swim that's out. some great to... writing, by the way, when yep. uh, he's like, is there any reason why, like, anyone should be following us? He's like, it's impossible. There's no way anyone's following us. By the way, why do you ask? <laughs> well, it's just I see this ship. It's so good. <laughs> it seems like it's following us and has been for some time. I, I do have to say what I did notice. Oh, apologies for the large truck that's constantly driving by every time I record. If you can hear oh, it on the audio. Oh, you want that? I'm but, <laughs> you hired these trucks? Yeah. <laughs> but um, something that I noticed every time, or fuck, something I noticed this time while I rewatched that I didn't, I guess, take note of before I do have to say the dialogue is excellent awesome. in this movie. Yes, it, so good. There is like just the the writing. Whether or not I can get on board with just like the narrative of the movie or certain characters, I will give it to them that like the dialogue in this movie is top notch and it is very well written. It, I mean, it, William Goldman's experience, like he's widely considered one of the best screenwriters mm-hmm. uh, throughout Hollywood history. It really shows in this movie, for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I As many negatives as I'll have to say later, 
I... <laughs> Shit, Jared brought a gun. <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Chloe, just leave now. I'll stall him. Go, go, go. I, I do, I, I will not take away from the fact that this is like an extremely well written movie. And I uh, have to give him props to that. And that's Good. that's made it exceptionally clear in the, the scene coming up after this. But um, essentially, she tries to swim out, but then she's stopped by eels. and The shrieking eels. The shrieking eels. Yeah. Which I, I've, always liked, I've always liked that part because I really like that that's the point where we have a little break in the narrative. We cut back to the kid because a uh, little sexy nine-year-old Fred Savage uh, is <laughs> like scared a little bit. And he's like, mm, yeah, I just, I enjoy that little break yeah. because uh, it, it just like... Helps. I like that they bring it back to the structural narrative to remind you, like, hey, remember, this is like a storybook. It's a storybook. <laughs> um, this kid's listening to it. And I don't know. Whenever they do that, it's usually uh, effective, in my opinion, as a storytelling device. But that's, you know, the sets is another thing that keeps reminding you that it's a storybook. The mm-hmm. sets are so beautiful, I think, but they're also very fake. Yes, they the look like time. Hollywood sets. And, and I think they're meant to. Yeah, it's like, yeah. A, it's like a storybook. It's awesome. And the... Uh, backgrounds are all painted. Mm-hmm. They look yeah. so good. Yeah. I do have to say, it's this is like an exceptionally well-made movie. Like, I, lo- I like the direction. I do like the script. Um, I especially like this scene coming up. Once they reach the Cliffs of Insanity, oh, yeah. um, and they cli- they're climbing up the ropes, and then they look down, and the masked man who's been trailing them is also climbing up. Um, Incredibly athletic. <laughs> yes, and, so awesome. and also we're probably going to touch on this a few times, but the score for this movie, I love. I love the score, and this is one of those scenes where, like the the, ten, the tense music that they're playing as they climb, the yeah. like it's so so like it gives me goosebumps a little bit just talking about it. And the score is awesome, and the score yeah. also adds to the fairy tale I thing because every yeah. time they hit a sword, it like donk, it, like yeah. go, it's the music timed goes with, with the music. <laughs> yeah, oh, so good. this is uh this is. I think we're about 20 minutes into the film at this point, and this was where I laughed for the first time, I have to say. It took me, like, a long time to get into the comedy of it, but my first laugh was um, Wallace Shawn is continuously saying inconceivable throughout this entire film, Mm -hmm. and uh, my first laugh was when Andre... Wait, forget if it was Andre the Giant or uh, Mandy Patinkin is like, you say that word a lot and I don't think you know what it means. Yeah, it's Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> yeah, Mandy Patinkin. That was my first laugh. I was like, yeah, nailed yeah. that joke. That, that line is, um, that's like a, a classic Princess Bride. Yeah. Like, like people love to quote that line. I, I also like Wallace Shawn's reaction to him saying that. He just yeah. stares at him. <laughs> he just shoots him in the angriest look. <laughs> I think, um, I don't know, to me, it takes a while to get into it, I guess, because... I feel like this is when it really started to like become very enjoyable for me, mm-hmm. and it took about maybe twenty minutes for me to get to the part where I was like, "All right, I'm I'm starting to feel it. Like I'm starting to get into it." Um, but that's like a decent chunk of time to like not be super invested. That's why this movie warrants rewatching. I think because once you understand, like, oh, we're in a story fable world, I think it's easier to get into it. Uh, but also I could be wrong because I've been watching this movie my entire life. So Yeah, like I, I hear what you're saying for some reason. Yeah, the 20 minutes to me are like, I guess I enjoy the banter between the grandfather and the child. And that does, granted, slow down you getting into the heart and meat of the story. Yeah. Um, but I think it's essential for the overall movie. But I agree that that is like exposition that you got to wade through to get to the heart of this story. Yeah. Yeah. 
But this is like where things get real good. This is um, basically uh, Andre the Giant and Wallace Shawn basically decide to go on and leave Mandy Patinkin to deal with uh, this masked man that's been following them. And this was hilarious to me is um, Anigo shouting down the cliffs to uh, their pursuer, I suppose. I don't want to reveal, although, yeah. For those of you who haven't watched this, but are really interested <laughs> yeah. in this episode. Whatever. <laughs> well, I want to give it that moment when it comes up later. But no, sure. uh, him shouting down to the masked man who's been trailing them, and then ha- having like a civilized conversation while he's dangling above the cliffs. Like <laughs> I love that whole exchange. And also, it's just like, just because he's impatient, <laughs> he just wants, he like he knows he's going to get to the top. Because he's come this far. He just wants to like get to the point where he gets to kill someone with a sword. And I like that about him. <laughs> he character. also wants a fair fight. He does. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that's funny where he's... Uh, Anigo is obviously waiting just so he can kill him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, fuck, this guy's taking way too long. Yeah. <laughs> and then when he gets him up, he's like talking to him like they're friends. Like, right. They, like, well, because they haven't, they haven't started fighting yet. And he like, like you said, he wants a, f- a good fight. And he wants a fair fight. And he has like a level of this like Spanish cavalier yeah. honor that he's not gonna, they're not gonna fight before he's not ready, you know? He's, it has to be, it has to be done properly, you know? And he you know? just met yeah. this dude. Yeah. And like the first thing he tells him is about how his dad was killed. Yeah. <laughs> he opens up to it's this guy so... immediately. Yeah, we get the classic, my father was killed by a six-fingered man and I've been out for revenge <laughs> ever since that day. Pouring out his heart and soul to this person that he's about to kill. And it's like, why would you do that if you're about to kill this guy <laughs> or be killed by him, but probably kill him? It's like you just want going around telling everybody. Oh, I think it starts with him asking him if he knows the Six Fingers man. Yes. So right. it's so it's it's a means to an end. It's like a, he's trying to get leads. But it yeah. is still like one of the first things he says to yes. this guy. You're right. <laughs> I mean, he's he, he knows what he wants in life, you know. <laughs> but that leads to two of my favorite lines at that point. Which is one where he says there's not a lot of money in revenge, which mm. I th- think is clever. Yeah. And then the second is their exchange. Um, you seem a decent fellow. I hate to kill you. Oh, and then I hate to die. You you seem a decent fellow. I hate to die. That is one of my <laughs> two favorite lines from this fucking movie. It's I, amazing. I was like, that's oh. fucking. That's brilliant. That's right. so great. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, incredible. And then they launch into this epic sword fighting scene where they're jumping off of rocks and. Twisting in the air and, and doing like little somersaults off bars that are there for some reason. It doesn't make any sense. Fun fact. Okay, so this is this Ooh. is a fucking dope one. Um, Carrie Elwes and uh, Mandy Patinkin. Uh-huh. Um, they had to. They neither of them had any little any none to little sword fighting experience. Mm-hmm. So when they both got cast in this movie, they were like, guys, this is like it says in the screenplay, like the best sword fight ever. The coolest sword fight. <laughs> it is going to be the best and biggest sword fight that anybody has seen on a Hollywood screen. Mm-hmm. So you guys are gonna have to get good really fast. <laughs> so they trained and trained and whenever they weren't filming, they were off training with they hired like several sword fighting duelist masters to mm-hmm. teach them how to do this incredibly complex fight that uses like 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 the the moves that they do in this fight are are actually like some of the most complex moves you can actually do in a fencing duel. Mm-hmm. They like didn't half-ass it. They were like, no, no, we're not just gonna make it look good. It's actually going to be the incredible move. So we want it to actually be a legit sword fight. The fight mm-hmm. is amazing. It is what an incredible doing. sword fight. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there was a lot of competition between Carrie Elwes and Mandy Patinkin <laughs> because they both like wanted to be better than the other, mm-hmm. and they were both like destroying their bodies trying to learn how to do this sword <laughs> fight better than the other. They also both had to learn with their opposite both hands. Yes, they, they fight did. With both hands, <laughs> dude. I just think that that's so impressive from an actor yeah. perspective. Of like, I can't believe they committed so. I mean, they had to, but like, they did it. They fucking did it. Chloe, you think he Jamie is more uh, Carrie Elwes or or Mandy Patinkin? And I am the you other. And I am. And I am the other. Like to leave her. <laughs> um, I don't think either one of us is Mandy Patinkin esque. Uh, I don't know. Okay, if I'm gonna give Mandy Patinkin to anyone, I'm going to give it to Jared. I I would agree. But that's just because you have a mustache and a beard. That would make you Carrie Ellis, and I don't. I don't know. I guess by default you are. <laughs> so I'm not Carrie. I'm not. A, I'm not Mandy Patinkin. And I guess you're Carrie Ellis. Well, though Jared is also by default Mandy Patinkin. It no, like. no, that's not what she said. I don't know why I phrase it like Chloe? My are you both? Do you both want to be Mandy Patinkin? No, I want to be Carrie Ellis, but I don't want to be by default. The only like a very sad by default. The only reason I say that is because I think I think. Uh, Wesley, is, I think Wesley is actually the darker character between the two of them. I think he's seen more shit than Manny Patinkin. Manny Patinkin's character seems like a nicer guy. I would agree, actually. Yeah, I mean, Manny, he's more. I think, uh, uh, and well, uh, let's, use, let's use character die. names. Enigma Toyo saw his dad die. Yes, um, as the Dread Pirate Roberts, fucking Wesley has killed so many men. So he's he's had to kill many people. Well, he watched his dad die. I don't know. They're both. That, they're both pretty. Yeah, probably see, that's, pretty that's why I yeah. say. Uh, You're right. That's why I say he's uh, probably like the, has the darker backstory. I say between the two, or just has seen more shit because his. He, and he lost his true love. He wasn't acting out of revenge necessarily. I mean, it, it, he is in this movie, but as his backstory as the Dread Pirate Roberts, so not not so much. I was just kind of. Oh yeah, that's true. Going back to the competition thing. Uh, yeah, let's go back to that. Really, really focus on that. Uh, what did you want to say about it? No, that's why I brought all this up. Uh, got it. We can go back. <laughs> We're deeper in the pit. Wow. Sorry. There's a lot of jumping and pit falling happening in this. Yeah, that's all that happens in our podcast. Our yeah. D&D podcast is just, just people jumping into pits. Deeper and deeper. And in now that I think about it, in, in the live podcast that I saw you guys do when you did Magic Quest Boys of Dragon Town. <laughs> there was also a giant pit that you guys were falling so, into yeah. and jumping what can through. I say? We love pits. We love pits. <laughs> I will go on the record right now. It's we really love pits. <laughs> well guys, that's a nice little plug for Magic Quest Boys. If you love pits and you want to continuously hear them and we know you do make sound <laughs> effects about falling into pits, oh, go check God. out that podcast that they're on. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, you you talked about it a little earlier. That moment where they both reveal that they're not they're each of them reveal that they're not left-handed and they switch hands in the middle. So ludicrous. That was really funny. Amazing. And I think um, the interesting part about that sword fight is when I was watching it, the way it's shot, I was like, okay, I know those aren't stunt doubles. Mm-hmm. Like I could, I could very much tell that like they did not switch people. Like the way they shot usually. Either, like, you wouldn't be able to see their faces, they'd be facing the other way, or there would be, like, a lot more cuts. Mm. And um, they could have easily done that with, you know, uh, Wesley being masked and yeah. all that. They could have probably done that pretty easily. But it was, like, very apparent that they didn't go that route, that they actually did it that way. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if they, if that would have been the case if they had made this movie now. I feel like... Uh, oh, I agree. 
they, would have been more special effects or stunt doubles at least. I think uh, if they ever remake this movie, I might quit acting forever. <laughs> it, it, it would break my heart so incredibly. Yeah. Specifically but, for that they, reason, <laughs> it would blow it up with CGI and bullshit like that. Like it would, yeah. it would kill me. Yeah, I think you should. Kill myself? No, quit acting. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Woo! I don't know. Okay. It, might be, it might be good for Jared, though, since we have a, a Mandy Patinkin type. Yeah, Mandy right Patinkin here. type Jared Cooksey. You guys heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. So when they do the reboot, there get we go. this guy. Actually, I would love that. Then I would be down for it. I like that day. stipulation of. I would I would kill myself if they remade, remade this movie unless I was in it and then I'm fully on board. Yeah, yeah. In fact, make Jared and Nico Montoya make me Wesley and then you can reboot this fucking movie. Perfect. This is my audition tape. My name is Nico Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Perfect. Perfect. Cool. Yeah, you're cast. Got it. Cool. Also, Chloe's cast in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm casting. See, yeah, they, there were rumors circulating but now they're going to listen. All of Hollywood's going to listen to this podcast and they're going to be like, well, if they're not into it, then... I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chloe's not into it. Oh, we shouldn't do it. Fuck it. She does Scrap have it. To, she does have final say <laughs> yeah, over exactly. everything that happens in Hollywood. The VP of Paramount's like, <laughs> no. Um, and then the the masked man, Wesley, mm-hmm. wins, uh, but he does not kill an ego. He simply knocks him out, essentially. And then what I like about this structure, because next he's going to go find... Andre the Giant and fight him. I kind of like that it's working its way up until he gets to like the final boss kind yeah. of and it's each like I feel like each uh, person that he encounters is like a different test of talents. This one is I mean obviously with Andre the Giant it's kind of a test because Andre's so enormous mm-hmm. and so much bigger than him and he obviously doesn't have a chance with strength so it's kind of a stealth and like I guess tenacity, like how yep. long he can outlast fighting Andre the Giant, who throws rocks and oh my God. against <laughs> other rocks, and they like fully just disintegrate. Yes. Hey, what's the rock? <laughs> <laughs> my word's not very sportsmanlike. That's a terrible Andre the Giant, but hey, uh, that's Anybody what he says. Want to be none? Oh, that's a really good one. <laughs> Never mind, fucking Nico Matoya, Jared. <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect role. Get in there, Andre the Giant. <laughs> Guys, if you know Jared, you'll know he's seven foot six. Um. I think a fun fact about Andre the Giant is he did not speak English at the time of this filming. It's true. He only spoke French. He had to memorize all his lines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It. It's I love I fucking love that though that they yeah. took a chance on him. Yeah. Like knowing he couldn't speak any English is crazy. I love the commitment of the actors in this movie. They've mm-hmm. learned full sword fight. They've learned English to yeah. be in this movie. They must have like... honestly the salary must have been high. They must have paid them a good amount to go through all of this because, holy shit, like, yeah, the stuff they do. Yeah. Or they must have just loved the material I mean, as yeah, well. That, that just, maybe, I, I feel, uh, maybe they had a sense of like, hmm, this seems like it could be a classic and yeah. I want to be a part of that. That might be... Actually, uh, it was quite the opposite. I just remembered. Um, oh, really? There was not a lot of faith in this movie. Interrupt this, me with your fun facts. I will. <laughs> William Goldman uh, and the screenplay like bounced around Hollywood for years. Before, because nobody knew tonally where to put it because it was kind of funny, kind of action, kind of romance, kind of drama. It's kind of everything. So nobody knew what to do with it because nobody knew who they could trust with it to make it work. Mm-hmm. And then... Rob Reiner. Little, little Robbie Schneider came along. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rob Reiner. Uh, <laughs> Enter Rob Reiner. Came along and he was like, I think I can do something with this. And they were like, yo, if you can... Good luck. But there was not a lot of faith in this movie at all. Mm-hmm. 
Idiots. Idiot. And honestly, when it came out, from what, if I'm remembering correctly, it came out to modest uh, theatrical success. It was only when it went to, uh, actually, yeah, it, it's only when it went to, like, uh, I guess it was VHS tapes at that point, um, that it became popular. Uh, it was one of those sleeper hits. That's usually the way it goes with, like, cult classics. Mm-hmm. Is They're never, like... They never do as well financially as you want them to, and then they just become so beloved, and you're like, well, fuck, I guess money doesn't determine everything. Yeah, remember that, people. <laughs> um, so, with the sword fight, it's a test of skill. The fight with Andre the Giant is a test of, I guess, stealth. Um, or like but, combat, or I mean, physical prowess. Yeah, it's like physical prowess, yeah. And then, the, before we move on to the, the last test that he goes through... I do want to point out, maybe my favorite line in this whole movie is when uh, when Wesley says, masks are comfortable. I think everyone will be wearing them in the future. Uh, that is a great one. <laughs> I thought you were going to say when he chokes out uh, Andre the Giant, he says, uh, sleep well and dream of large women. That's, that's one of my favorite lines. Uh, that is a good one. That's a good one. Um, the mask line is great. Yeah. Andre is... Uh, my favorite line is coming up. Ooh, ooh Wow. I am oh, exciting, huh? Oh, so waiting. Should I say it? Should I say it? Oh, no, you got to wait until we get there. <laughs> so Andre is uh, KO'd, and uh, the, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> we, we cut to uh, Prince Humperdinck. He is retracing his step. He is retracing the steps of the duel while looking for Princess Buttercup. Chris Sarandon, who at the time when this movie was made, was That's who plays Prince Humperdinck? Yeah. Who, he's the best. Oh, he's incredible. <laughs> and at this time, this is like the late 80s, uh, he is like one of considered one of the hottest guys in Hollywood. Oh. Um, he, yeah, he had done Fright Night a few years earlier, <laughs> where he plays a sexy, sexy vampire who seduces this kid's mom. Ooh. It's awesome. If you haven't seen Fright Night, go check it out. Um, <laughs> and, and so this movie was like, oh, peak Sarandon. He rocks it. <laughs> in this. Yes. Between the Sarandons, are you more of a, a Chris man or a Susan man? I love Susan but because I like this movie. I'm probably Chris. Yeah. <laughs> The, the question I had to ask <laughs> had nothing Everyone to do with the princess bride. <laughs> That's Jared's favorite line. <laughs> what? <laughs> Chris or... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's my favorite question. It's from the deleted scenes. <laughs> well, what about you, Jared? Chris or Susan Sarandon? Uh, I didn't know that Chris was a Sarandon until just now, so I'll have to say Susan. Wow. Well, there you go. Wait, wait, because, just because you haven't accepted him as being part of the Sarandon family I don't yet? have enough... In your heart? It's like when you're voting. You can't... You need to do research before you but vote. But is he a true Sarandon? You need to see Fright Night. You need to see Fright Night before you vote. Gross. <laughs> 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 okay, we need to get ourselves Some back on track. Bob's going Bob Blast over here. <laughs> <laughs> Breathe it in, baby. Oh, my God. Okay, so we've reached, uh, we've reached the Masked Man's yeah. final test, a test of wit. He runs into Wallace Shawn, bald man with amazing voice. <laughs> um... He has Princess Buttercup uh, tied up a sword to her neck and uh, proposes a battle of wit. Masky puts... B- b- <laughs> Can we call him, are we calling him Masky? Old masky. masky. That's what I old wrote in masky. my notes. Old, old Masky uh, grabs uh, two goblets from the picnic that's inexplicably before yeah, yeah, Wallace yeah, yeah. John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> turns his back and uh, he, he turns back around with the goblets and says he's put... Poison in one of these goblets. Iocane powder. Iocane powder. It's blah, 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 blah. You do not smell. Yeah, it's, it's odorless, tasteless, and it is poison. It kills you. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he puts it in one of the cups and leaves it 
to Baldy to figure out. And, uh, Husky and Baldy, the best of friends. <laughs> this is, when I'm writing notes, like, while I'm watching I a movie, <laughs> I have to, like, I have to think in the moment of, like, okay, what can I write so that in the future I can come back to it and I understand what the fuck I was talking about. And also, like, there's no time. Like, there's no time to stop. I just have to write down whatever. And that's sure. when I get these stupid-ass nicknames, <laughs> like Masky and Baldy. I love it. It's a very professionally done podcast, you guys. Oh, sure. um, and then fucking Wallace Shawn's performance here, when he just goes into so a, the longest fucking rant oh, ever about Jamie's got something logic and... Oh. She's yeah. like, I think you poisoned this because of this, but maybe you thought I would figure that out. So really, you poisoned this. So I this clearly can't well, trust the well, goblin in front of me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that monologue is fantastic. Um, and fun fact, when... Well, I'll let... No, break it out. You're oh, right. are, we, are we done with the scene yet? No, but... Okay, can... then keep going. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it at the end. I'll try and save him for the end. <laughs> he hasn't even chosen a goblet, so we're for sure not That's done. That's right, I didn't but... know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he... he... He's basically like, oh, look over there, and uh, switches <laughs> switches the goblets. A tried and true method. So dumb. Switches the goblets. Uh, thinks he's hot shit. He starts laughing. Oh, takes so a good. sip of the cup. They both take a sip and uh, starts so laughing funny. maniacally, and then keels over dead. Yep. And Never then... trust a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> so and then he laughs and then dies mid laugh and falls over like like a in a static frozen form. Yeah. Which okay, so the fun fact is he Wallace Shawn was so nervous when making this movie. He thought he he had a huge case of imposter syndrome uh, because he had heard rumors through the grapevine that they wanted to cast Danny DeVito for this role. Oh, so fuck. he had this huge. He was like, "Oh my god, I, like I'm not meant for this. I'm doing a terrible job." Like the whole fucking movie. And this scene, he was so so nervous about and felt so much anxiety about. He told Rob Reiner to just do it, show him how he wanted it done, and he would do it exactly that way. And so the performance you're seeing is his interpretation of Rob Reiner's performance <laughs> of that scene. Well, it's like the, my favorite part in the whole movie, so yep. you killed it, Wallace Shawn. You killed it. <laughs> you did. You did. You should feel good about your performance. Dude, I wonder how different this movie would be if Danny DeVito had played that part. <laughs> I can't imagine, because oh he's know, like the so best weird. part in the whole movie, which is crazy to hear that he wasn't confident. So. I mean, he is. I, I mean, I could picture Danny DeVito doing it, but I think there's something like nice about it being... Wallace Shawn, who's a smaller mm-hmm. actor than Danny DeVito, and mm-hmm. I think uh, I think sometimes the best person to go with is the person who maybe doesn't have like as many other roles that you identify him for. Because yeah. sometimes that can get in the way of like a character, because you're like, oh, I'm just thinking about all the other characters you've done. Right. And uh, sometimes that's just the best way to go, and I think that was the case. Like Jared hasn't played in an Ego Montoya type, but Jared should. <laughs> Do that. But that ends yeah. today. <laughs> that ends now. <laughs> um, and right now. then it's revealed. Then it is revealed that uh, Masky has uh, he poisoned both cups, and he has spent years or months building up a tolerance to the poison so that he would be unaffected. And I have to say, so I completely forgot about this scene. I forgot about most of this movie when I was rewatching it. Mm. Um, and I, I kind of saw that one coming. Like, I was like, oh, he fucking, he poisoned both of them or whatever. Because it's never going to be, like, the thing that you think it's going to be. Right. It's always going to be a little curveball. So I do think uh, I saw that coming. But I can't, I also can't think of another way that they could have ended it that would have been as cool. So. 
Even though I predicted it, I'm still going to say that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes you can see it coming and you're like, all right, I'm still okay with this because the way it was done was like, all right, I'm good. It was dumb off. Um, meanwhile, the prince is still hunting for Buttercup. This um, is my favorite line. When he bends down and sniffs the powder, and he's like, Iocane powder. I bet my life on it. But earlier they said that it's odorless. Yeah. So that is the <laughs> best line ever. That's true. It proves that he's like a complete buffoon who's just like guessing at everything. If I'm wrong, and I'm never wrong. <laughs> uh, he's got good lines. He does. Um, so now Maskey is with Buttercup. And I'm going to stop calling him Maskey because in this scene we get the reveal that it is Wesley. Mm-hmm. Um, Buttercup is fucking pissed at all these people just fucking dragging her everywhere and mm-hmm. not getting a choice in where she goes. Um, she, mi- <laughs> she mistakes uh, Wesley for the pirate who killed Wesley um, and pushes him down a hill. And as he's rolling, he goes, as you wish. <laughs> and she throws herself after him, <laughs> which I love. Yeah. And then they both just plummet down this hill for a long time. <laughs> so definite stun people for this hill falling because holy shit, um, they didn't want to put him through that. Uh, also in the scene where they're just like bantering and they have all this like witty banter back and forth. Um, so Carrie Elwes, uh, Andre the Giant, because he's so big, couldn't go up some of these hills that they needed him to go up. So he had an ATV like four-wheeler that they gave him. It was like in the budget for the film to help him get up some of these hills. And Carrie L, he was always trying to tempt Carrie Elwes to ride it. He was like, come on, ride it, ride it. And Carrie was like, no, no, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. And production was like, don't get on that fucking ATV, Carrie Elwes, because if you get hurt and we can't fucking shoot, you're going to be in big trouble, little young man. And uh, he was like, fine, fine. And then one day he got on it. And of course, he fucking goes too fast and crashes into something. And I think he breaks his... It's his ankle or his toe. Some thing in his foot, he like fucks up real bad. But he was so embarrassed and ashamed of it that he didn't want Rob Reiner to find out. So he like went to the medic and like got it patched up and was like, okay, I'm going to be able to do this next scene and I'm just going to have to heal the rest of the process. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. But this whole scene, he is limping around and he even like as he like lowers himself to the ground, you see him lower himself so gingerly because he (laughs) fucking broke his toe and every step he took was... Agonating. Oh my god. Yeah. What a ding dong. <laughs> Jamie, were you in the movie? I read Terry Terry always has a book called As You Wish. Oh, where he, gotcha. it's just it's just him telling stories about the filmmaking process of this movie. Oh, it's great. I can it's read phenomenal. That I'll let you borrow. Oh, Thanks. that's awesome. I'll let you borrow. <laughs> Yay! I'm just thinking like, oh my god, Jamie, you know so many fucking fun facts about this film. It's I'm, my favorite movie of all I'm time. I'm very impressed. Thank you. <laughs> um also uh, I love the. I just think it's so funny when they're rolling down the hill and there's like a, fucking like a wig flying off. It <laughs> seems and just like nothing. Nothing makes me laugh harder in movies than like an amazing fall down a mm. hill. Like it's done so many times, but it gets me every time. Like I don't know if you've seen Hot Rod. I was about to bring that love up. Hot Rod such is such a good falling. One scene. of my favorite movies, and that falling scene's great. I don't know if you guys have seen uh, uh, Kung Pao. Yep. Course. There's a falling scene in Pump that. Into the fist. <laughs> yeah. so silly. That one makes me laugh. It, nothing makes me laugh harder than just like a tumble down a hill. <laughs> so this got me. I do love a good tumble. Um, and then they, they reunite with a kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, but the prince is hot on their, t- their tail, so they have to run into the creepy forest. Mm, the fire swamp. Mm-hmm. And uh, nothing, no fun facts, nothing to add. We can. Not until we get to the fire swamp. Okay. So now we're in the fire swamp. Oh boy! <laughs> I'll wait till the end. <laughs> um, and while they're like, 
They're going through the swamp. They're avoiding fireballs that are, like, yeah. springing from the ground. Which, by the way, let me just say, this set, again, looks so Go! Yeah, it's... Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, so your Jared... mouth fell off. Yeah. <laughs> you just became that guy from Star Wars Episode One. I put it back in. Thank you, Jared. I felt like that was like the mask. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. Jim Carrey up in here. Uh, so I will not save it till the end. Because um, we brought up the fire. Because well, we brought up the fire. Um, the very first scene they ever shot of this movie is the scene where they're walking through and, and Carrie always has to like lift her over because the fire shoots out. The fire like jets out from underneath her. So well timed. Very well timed. And uh, William Goldman was on set that day and was so nervous because they were shooting this scene first and there's all these like special effects. And so he's like walking around and he's like freaking out. And the, when the first fire jet goes off and Carrie always like, like pulls her out of the way and the fire jet goes off, everything was timed perfectly. But William Goldman was so nervous that he forgot that that fire was even supposed to happen. So he ran out onto the set and was like, stop, 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 stop. Is she okay? And, and everyone was like, dude, you just ruined what was going to be a perfect shot. Fucking nerve. And then he never came back to set. <laughs> he was so nervous. He was like, I'm so sorry. He was so embarrassed that he just never came back. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. I mean... Uh, again, I feel like this is one of those things where this movie had to be made at the time it was made because if it was made now, you know they fucking wouldn't do practical effects like this. I know they would. Lame. Speaking of practical effects, Jamie, do you know how they did the quicksand? The yes, I do. It's so good. It's crazy. Well, how do they do it? Um, so... <laughs> you're n- no, you're not gonna say it. You no, I don't know how they did it. Oh, okay. I, when, when I rewatched it just like a couple days ago, I was like, that is a really good practical effect. So they had an area built below the sand pit. And basically, it was like a trapdoor mechanism with the Mm -hmm. sand there that when they would activate it would cause sand to like pour down a little bit to kind of make way. And there were people there that would like help them when they reached the bottom. And like, yeah, it was it was a whole thing. A practical practically effects speaking. It was like incredibly elaborate. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, I feel like I mean, I guess this is a bold statement to make since I'm not an actor, so I don't exactly know how it works. But I feel like it might have been more fun to be an actor when practical effects were, like, the shit. Because, Definitely. like, could you imagine filming this scene and, like, you, you're like not only is he going through a whole monologue about the Dread Pirate Roberts and how that title has been, like, passed down between people and how he took that on and blah, blah, blah. Like, not only does he have to get through those lines, he's also dodging the practical effects of fireballs. He has to, like, perfectly time everything they're jumping into like a sand pit that's been built for them. And it's, it's like they're genuinely experiencing the forest. And I just feel like now with, when most of that would have been done through special effects, it probably loses like a lot of its luster. Like instead of being like, hey, you're going to literally dodge a ball of fire. It's just like an a, actual fire. Yeah. It's like, OK, like make sure you hit your mark and we're going to call it out. And you pretend that like flames have appeared like right. that. Which just, it doesn't immerse you as much. And, like, an, it, the whole point of being an actor is, like, you want to play pretend and you want to immerse yourself into another environment and another human being's life. And so I feel like that must take some of it away. I agree. Uh, yeah, I, I just agree 100%. Practical effects are the way to go, man. <laughs> oh, also, a great effect coming up in just a moment um, where they, they climb out of the quicksand and then they're confronted with the rodents of unusual size. Yeah, the R-O-U-S's. <laughs> rodents of unusual size? They don't exist. And then it attacks them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that moment where the rodent just like is like clearly just like thrown from oh off screen. Oh my god. 
so <laughs> so funny. The minor fun fact: the little person who was supposed to be that giant rat um, got really drunk the night before and almost didn't show up. They delayed shooting for like hours, and they were like, "Where the fuck is this guy?" They were like losing their shit, uh, and then he showed up, and he was like, "Sorry." And then, <laughs> like, That's all. I was wondering that. I was like. Is that a small person in a rodent suit? Again, practical effects rather than like a robot or like a CGI rat. Yeah. Speaking of practical effects, uh, they Christopher Nolan, I think one of the reasons his movies are so good is because he uses a lot of pra- mostly practical effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, keep going. <laughs> Thank you, Little shout out to Christopher Nolan there. That's my boy. <laughs> so uh, Wesley is attacked by a rodent of unusual size. Yep. And uh, his shoulder is fucked. Yeah. Um, it gets all fake bloody. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is very obvious fake blood. Totally. <laughs> um, and then the prince catches up with them and demands surrender. Uh, this is pretty much the only decision that Buttercup makes throughout this entire movie. Mm. She decides, uh, because she's worried that they're going to kill Wesley... So she decides to give in and go with the prince as long as they promise not to hurt Wesley. It's a self-sacrificing move. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I like that. I mean, yeah, as far as moves made on Buttercup's end, pretty good one. Like being, like it shows a lot about her character, I mean. Yeah. I think it's literally the only like decision that she makes pretty much throughout this entire film that I can think of. She also makes the decision, I will argue... That to not marry Humperdinck and to wait for Wesley, which she continues to rather kill herself. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty big yeah, decision. That's true. And that's to true. stick with Wesley is kind of a more passive decision. But I guess once she finds out it's Wesley, there's really no other option. Yeah, but no, <laughs> they, yeah, the killing herself rather than marrying Humperdinck—that's a big move. True. Um, and then he is he is sent to the pit of despair. Oh my god! I almost forgot the funnest fact. Um, <laughs> the yeah, most fun fact of them all. Yeah, you know when they knock uh, fucking Wesley out? Oh, when he notices that the six-fingered man? He's like, yeah, six-fingers, I'm the only man. Um, when they knock him out, that sword to the head, that's real. And when he falls down, that's really him getting knocked out. Because they tried a couple takes where they did the sword swing for behind and like tried to combat, uh, you know, screen combat it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just wasn't looking good. And he was like, just give me a little tap. Like, like Carrie was just like, just, just tap me on the back of the head. A light little tap. And they were like, sure, it's fine. And they gave, it, the guy tried to give him a little tap, but it's real metal. So the weight of it kind of like took it oh, a little shit. too far. And Karyos had to go to the hospital because he just got straight knocked the fuck out. Oh That's the God. take they used. Yeah, but they got the shot. Yeah, exactly. It was the shot they (laughs) used. All that matters. Exactly. (laughs) 80s filmmaking for you, baby. Oh my god. Um, So he is thrown into the pit of despair. Um, I forget what the name of this dude is, but he's being tended to by this dude. Oh, he's the best name too. Fuck, I forget. He originally speaks in a very ghoulish voice, Mm -hmm. and then clears his throat, and it's kind of. Changes to a normal voice, which is a funny gag. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a very normal voice. Also, this is a very famous uh, British character actor, this Mm -hmm. guy, who I thought was just like some nobody, but it turns out he was huge. (laughs) Some nobody. Right. I mean, as far as America was concerned. (laughs) Uh, And he is cleaning Wesley's badly makeup (laughs) shoulder. (laughs) Yeah, he just wipes it away and there's no wound. And you're like, "Hmm." But he's also cleaning it so, like... Sloppily. It's, yeah, that's true. I love watching him, like... <laughs> Which I gotta say, like... I mean, prosthetic 
makeup and latex did exist. So. They had enough to build a fucking road in an unusual size. They couldn't <laughs> have well, put some prosthetics They had fireballs coming up from the ground. <laughs> I think it's an, an aesthetic choice. It's like a, or maybe not aesthetic, but I think it's a, it's a choice. It's a, yeah, they want to make it look like a fake fable story tale. That's true. And in the end, story, story tale. tale. A story tale. I was hoping you guys were getting that. <laughs> I hear right. everything. It's on mic. <laughs> um, I will say also, uh, that like um, gore really determines like the rating of a movie. So they couldn't have gone too far unless they wanted that rating to get bumped up. They want that PG dog. Exactly, hundred yeah. percent PGD. So he's being Ooh. prepared for torture. Um, by the way, this character's name—I just looked it up—is uh, the albino. So he does not have. A... <laughs> what was the actor's name? Mel Smith. That was a very anticlimactic name. Sorry. Sorry, it, it was, sorry to Mel Smith. Sorry, Mel Smith. You have a very normal name. <laughs> we waited all this time for the reveal, and it's just Mel Smith. Yeah, pretty normal. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to take a break for a sec? Hey, uh, Jamie, Jared. Chloe. Chloe. <laughs> now, <Jared>. that you, <laughs> now that you guys have been on uh, yet again, would you sponsor me? Would I sponsor you? Yeah, like if you were an advertiser, you would want me to do ad reads for you, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You sound very sure about that. Thank you. Yeah. That makes me feel good. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. That's... <laughs> Just edit out everything before that. <laughs> well, um, that's great because I like to do a segment, as you guys know, where you give me a brand or a topic or an item or anything and I will improvise an ad read for it right here, right now, so that I can prove my worth as a top-notch sellout. Okay, excellent. I love this. Jared? Jamie? <laughs> Chloe? Chloe. <laughs> okay, so the one that we want you to do an ad for is a new Mountain Dew uh, flavor. flavor. Okay. Uh, a la uh, Code Red or Baja Blast, let's say. Um, and... <laughs> Was the stipulation we wanted to put on it? Was the stipulation that it, is that it also has to sound like it could be sexual, like Baja Blast. Yeah. Oh. And I just winked at you. <laughs> yep. Fuck. He did. I can confirm that. I'm going to have to think about this for a oh, okay. hot second. Right, yeah, give it some time. I've never gotten if another... If you want to pick a color, that's a good place to start I've with never Mountain gotten, Dew. <laughs> I've never gotten another uh, stipulation before. Um, two stips. Well, you got two guests. So. It's true, and we've both been on before, so we figured it's time to like up the, you know, up the game a little bit. We like to challenge you and keep you on your toes. Mm-hmm. Close. Okay, I think I've got it. All right. Um, slurp, slurp, slurp. <clears throat> you know, I'm kind of getting sick of this regular run-of-the-mill Mountain Dew. I've tried so much. I've, I've tried Classic. I've tried Code Red. It's time for a change. Knock, knock, knock. What's that at my door? Oh my god, it's my annual Mountain Dew shipment. And it's in an exciting new flavor. Oh my god, Mountain Dew Pink Cowgirl. This is very exciting. Let me take a little sip. With my two mouths. I I gotta say, this is a delicious Mountain Dew. Guys, with with Mountain Dew Pink Cowgirl, you are going to get a beautiful citrusy burst into your mouth at the first sign of sippage. Guys, if you're ready to ride that Pink Cowgirl all the way to the end zone, you need to try Mountain Dew Pink Cowgirl. 
It is, it's everything you want and more. There's a hint of strawberry. There's a, a twist of orange. There's a little uh, dab of guava in there. Ooh. It has uh, everything you need for a citrusy, good Mountain Dew experience. And why do they call it uh, Mountain Dew Pink Cowgirl? Because it's the most rip-roaring Mountain Dew in the wild, wild west. So go online to MountainDew.com. Sign up for your annual Mountain Dew shipment. I know that I haven't regretted that decision fiscally. Honestly, it's it saved me a lot of gas going to and from the store. I was going every day to buy more Mountain Dew. But I have saved so much money doing this. Guys, if you wanna if you wanna take this uh, Mountain Dew pink cowgirl as a lover of your own, go online right now. Put in code uh, unwatchable pink cowgirl twenty five and get ninety five percent off of your first order. Oh, I'm fuck yeah. Hell. This is a great deal, but you have to act in the next. 14 minutes so you better go do that shit right now get out your credit card i know you probably had rent to pay or buy something for your loved ones fuck that just get this new mountain dew flavor buy him pink cowgirl yeah buy him a pink cowgirl for maybe the lonely ones in your life (laughs) (laughs) yeah get him a mountain dew annual shipment (laughs) (laughs) nothing says i think you're gonna maybe be single forever like buying someone an annual shipment of mountain dew (laughs) this is the best way for me to let you know hey you might want to stock up (laughs) hey i think we've talked about it and we're giving up on you (laughs) mountain dew pink cowgirl it's a blast in a can Oh my god, there's so many things I loved about that. That's great. I like that you appealed to the football crowd. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. End zone reference. It was definitely like a Midwest football fan, possibly female football fan, yeah. driven. I liked it. It was all over the place, but in the best way. Absolutely. Just like the flavor of this mountain. <laughs> Just like Pink Cowgirl. <laughs> it's confusing, but I'm into it. I like the dab of guava. Yeah, anything with guava in it is going to be good. It's yeah. instantly classy. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. That was really good. All right, we are back, and uh, we're going to open up on Buttercup's Nightmare. Open up, Buttercup. <laughs> open up, Buttercup. Oh my god, I can't even think of fake hey, lyrics. That's because a good just... uh, February song, too. I was so happy. It's a February song? <laughs> Loving song. Oh, that's oh, my favorite oh, yeah, February yeah. song. <laughs> <laughs> I always <laughs> sing that song, Come Feb. <laughs> I was just so excited that we all started doing that at the same time that I didn't even think of continuing it and just started laughing. Okay. That's fluid. <laughs> um, so she's having a nightmare that um, that she has already married Prince Humberdink and then they've been made king and queen and it's supposed to be like a gotcha to the audience. It hasn't happened yet. Don't worry. They're still waiting. And, and a gotcha yet. to the little boy who's getting told the story. Yes. Uh, Fred Savage, as we yeah. said earlier. Yes, and that creepy old lady is creepy and she's old. Great. She is fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is the scene where she's like, Boo! Boo! Boo to the queen of filth! The queen of garbage! The queen of putrescence! <laughs> she, she fucking crushes that oh, yeah. role. Such a small role, but such a pivotal role. <laughs> Another um, great thing about this movie is all the small roles are so delectable. Yeah, that's true. They haven't written any little role that doesn't make you be like, Oh, that was fun. <laughs> A little role, but such a delight. Yes, there are no small parts, only small actors. Mm-hmm. IMDb. 
<laughs> yep. Yeah, I do like that. I keep forgetting that it's like a story that's being told to a child, and then every so often they cut back to him being like, what the fuck, Grandpa? Like, what is happening in this story? Um, so then it's revealed to be a nightmare, um, and then in, in the real-life version of the story, Buttercup demands to be set free or she's going to die. Mm. She's like, she's going to kill herself. She's like, I'm getting out of here. Oh, yeah. The Pete moment we're deuces. I like that she has this, like, senile old father, too. Like, who's clearly just being taken... Like, he's technically the king, but he's just being taken advantage of. It's a very <laughs> small plot point, but I, I appreciated the, like, detail of that. Mm-hmm. We get a little cunning moment with the, the prince, knowing full well that Wesley is, like, incapacitated at the moment. Uh, making a deal with Buttercup, saying that, you know, yeah, I'll write write uh, Wesley some letters if you're so sure that he's going to come save you. I'll send out my finest ships to come find him. And he's a pirate, so he'll stop one of those ships and he'll get your letters. And uh, if he responds, then you can be free. But uh, he knows full well that Wesley ain't going to get those letters. Yeah, he's just a dick. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to think this Prince uh, Humperdinck man might not be very nice. This is really the first moment in the movie where you're like, can I trust this guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we also find out, um, I, I forget what the name of this six-fingered man is. Count Rugen. Count Rugen, yes. Count Rugen. He is the six-fingered man. He's working alongside the prince. Um, and they're going to the pit of despair to check on Wesley. I love this conversation. Yeah, this is a great conversation. This is where it's revealed um, that he's he's planning on. It's so funny because they're talking like they're like these good friends. Yeah, and they I I care about your health. Like if you don't have that, you don't have anything. Yeah, they're talking about killing people. Yeah, in the book, he is way more of a sadist. They really focus on like how Count Rugen is like this evil, twisted motherfucker. It's awesome. I also love that line where the prince is like, oh, I have my wedding to plan. I have my wife to murder. I'm swamped. Yeah. And Gilded <laughs> to frame for it. I'm swamped. <laughs> He's adorable. <laughs> um, oh, my God. What did I write? I thought I wrote G-fingered, but I'm pretty sure that says six-fingered. <laughs> I like G-fingered. <laughs> they should call him G-fingers. <laughs> I got G-fingered last night. Oh, shit. Oh, God. That is a, it's a new layer to this Boy. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he has built a machine with which to properly torture Wesley. Um, so we finally, dun da da we've reached the day of the wedding! Dun da Now it's your turn. Oh. Da 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 DJ Jfinger? <laughs> Ooh. DJ Jfinger Square. Uh, they are, it's the day of the wedding, and they are emptying the thieves from the forest, mm-hmm. is what I wrote down. I yep. don't remember why, but they are. The prince told his, like, lieutenant, I guess, to mm-hmm. do that. But when he was doing that, I didn't really understand why. Yeah, yeah the, the very loose explanation that they give for it is, like, because if there are thieves around when the wedding's happening, thieves might come and disrupt the wedding. So let's flush them all out and lock them up. So he's just trying to so cover himself yeah, for basically. killing his own wife. Yeah. Basically, Instead, yes. Instead, let's displace all of them. Right, exactly, yeah. 
Um, and then this is when you get the reunion. We finally get back to Andre the oh, Giant finally. and uh, Inigo. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, he, like, helps him sober up by dunking his head in that hot and cold water. Yeah, I wrote, Andre revives Inigo via waterboarding. Right, exactly. <laughs> Essentially. But it's That's described as it. lovingly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Inigo is told of the, the G-fingered man, six-fingered mm. man, and uh, sets out to find him. I don't know why. So true. I don't know why. This is the moment we descended into silence. (laughs) Wow, it's so true. I'm always waiting for one of you to burst in with a fun fact, but I guess. I have zero fun facts about this scene. There's nothing fun about this scene. I'm not having any fun. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's, uh, it's a very serious scene. Uh, (laughs) I mean, it it is good. It's really interesting and good writing how he brings back these characters that Mm -hmm. you loved from the beginning, and now they're actually a part of the plot now. And. They're a little reformed, kind of, or they're at least on their yeah. own thing now that they don't have Vizzini bossing them around. Because yeah. they realize, like, oh, Wesley, like, oh, and how they find him is great. Oh, God, like, such a fucking day yeah. ex machina. Yeah. Where do like, you say it? I, he's like, he hears the screaming, and he's like, that has to be the uh, the man in black because he's in love, and only someone who is truly hit despair can yell like that. <laughs> right. It's, it's so like the sound funny. of a true love, like, heartbreaking or yeah. some shit like that, yeah. They do shit like that all the time in fairy tales. Oh, yeah. They're like, only a man whose heart has been pierced could yeah. ever. I know that scream anyway. <laughs> yeah. And then he fucking in the, I know we might be jumping ahead a bit here, but when he's in the forest with his fucking dad sword, he's like, guide me. And he just, like, starts letting it be like a dowsing <laughs> yeah. rod that it's points so him in the right great. direction, and then it does? <laughs> So silly. <laughs> um, this uh, next scene, the prince kind of gives his himself away, and Buttercup realizes that he never sent the letters because mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh, I forget what he says." He says something about like, "Oh, our finest ships will be waiting for us after yeah. our wedding," and she's like, "What the fuck? I thought you said your finest ships were off mailing my fucking letters." Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> <laughs> um, flips out, and the prince. Oh, oh wait, yes. Wait, he locks her up, right? Yes. I don't know why I wrote, the prince locks him up. I would not say such things if I were you. I would not say (laughs) such things. So ridiculous. (laughs) And um, so he locks her up and then runs down to torture Wesley. And I think this is the scene. Lock her up. Lock her up. I think I also chanted that (laughs) when I was watching this Oh, you guys are awful people. (laughs) As a joke. Hey. Oh, I'm just kidding. Thanks. <laughs> they find Wesley dead after being tortured. Mostly dead. Well, do they know he's mostly dead yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> but Jared does. <laughs> but I can't wait till you say Spoiler it. alert, he is mostly dead. <laughs> and he does one of those little bunks on the head of the albino and just knocks him out cold. There's a instantly. decent amount of bunks on the head. There the are. There's some hardcore bonking in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a fairy tale, so you gotta just boop, bonk him on the head. You gotta have a couple bonks. Yeah. And he's a giant, so like he's... He can disintegrate rocks. I guess a bonk on the head yeah. could have conceivably killed the albino. We don't know. <laughs> um, they take the man to Miracle Max, and this is the moment that I was waiting for yeah. because... You're Jewish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's know. funny because I did write that down. Did in, you really? This, That's so in, funny. This, in this note, I said they take him to uh, Miracle Max. He's a Jew. <laughs> a Jewish <laughs> druid. Yes. A druid? A druid. But I was really waiting for this because I'm in love with Billy Crystal. Mm-hmm. Why don't you marry him then? I will, Jared. Okay. Can I, I just, I don't have enough time yet, okay? Oh. I'm very busy. Can I be the best man? Sure. Thanks. Can I bear the ring? Um, you can be an usher. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Only Frodo can bear the ring. Oh, that's true. I would not want to take that away from Frodo. <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, Miracle Max looks over the dead body and says, I've seen worse. Okay. <laughs> that was funny. They have so many good lines, Miracle Max and his wife, Miracle Maxine? What's I, think, I think that's her name, yeah. <laughs> some, sure, something like that. Carol Kane. <laughs> and um, it turns out he's only mostly dead, which is essentially how he says Another it. great fairy tale mostly ridiculousness. Dead. And uh, he and his wife make a miracle pill for Wesley to uh, slowly, I guess, bring him back to mostly living. Well, it brings him back yeah. to life, but you know he's been dead for a couple hours, so he's not going to have his motor functions. Yeah, yeah exactly. As which is know. such a brilliant choice to do that. Like, just have him, because he is, like, the best fighter, and he is the smartest. So to have him just be able to talk and, like, barely move his head, which is also super funny. <laughs> yep, strong choice. Because we know that he's an incredible sword fighter, he's incredibly smart, he's got incredible strength. So you have to, like, disable him yeah. to give him a chance to, like, yeah, work That's his way Superman back up. sucks. Someone wants to watch someone who's good at everything. <laughs> yeah. Destroy shit. Although I guess this, uh, this must have served Carrie Elvis well if he was, uh... If his yeah, broken toe foot yeah. was fucked up. I don't know the chronological order of that, but I <laughs> hope that it worked out that way, because boy, would that have been great. Yeah, he's like, oh, sweet. I, I can pretend that I'm fucked up for the rest of the movie. And I am. And no <laughs> Perfect. One needs to know. Oh, by the way, uh, Rob Reiner did find out about the toe and was basically like, don't do this again, man. Come on. <laughs> You're being dumb. Um, so now, Andre the Giant and Inigo are outside of the castle, they give Wesley the pill, he instantly awakens, and they want him to attack, but like we said before, his his body has not adjusted fully from coming back to life. Mm-hmm. And he's a he's a little gooey. Gooey? I guess. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Sure. His body is a little gooey. He yeah. doesn't he doesn't have full control of his extremities yet. Yeah. I like that they wake him up and have to convince him, like, hey, don't worry, we're on your side. And he's like trying to fight them at first. <laughs> um, that's great. That's a great moment. Um, meanwhile, the prince and the princess are preparing for their wedding, and, uh, now we're getting to the part where I think everyone, I've heard this quote perhaps the most when people are talking about the princess bride, and I have to say this moment didn't tickle me as much as it has tickled others. Okay. <laughs> no one's been tickling me. <laughs> well, you did get G-fingered. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's a form of tickling. <laughs> <laughs> it just she makes me think that someone put on like that glove oh, from like the Avengers, like his titanium. Holy shit! She fingered by the Avengers. Fingered. Oh my god. <laughs> That'll make you go. Yeah, gooey. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is where we get to the Pink cowgirl. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> We're never going to finish this. Nope. Because <laughs> we're just going to talk about being G-fingered for the rest of the thing. That warrants um, its own podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the G-fingered podcast. <laughs> J-finger, C-finger, and J-finger. <laughs> J-finger, two. Squared. Yep. <laughs> um, so now we're getting to marriage is what brings us together today. You probably haven't had it overhyped for you. I guess I because did. Because you probably heard other people quote it so many oh, times. Yes. It's not good if you hear it yeah. over and over again from other people. I I suppose that joke would just really hit you like if you hadn't on your heard it first before. watching. Yeah. 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 Because, yeah. What an interesting choice by that actor to do so, that voice. I feel like I would have never thought to do a voice like that, but it works so well. It's so ridiculous. He's also yeah. another famous British I think he's character. He's from Mighty Python. 
if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I don't know that actually. I could possibly be mistaken. To the computer. <laughs> don't worry. I'm on it. Yeah, I guess I guess it's one of those jokes where like the whole joke of it is the reveal. And it's like very dramatic. Like this is the most dramatic part of the movie. We're all leading up to this. Like this I think is that's what marriage. it is. It's such a silly thing to be happening in the most dramatic point of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, why is this guy so weird? <laughs> man and wife. Say man and wife. <laughs> man um, and wife. <laughs> so I guess that's. I guess oh, that's it's Peter it's Cook. Like, Sorry, yeah. Peter Cook is a huge uh, motherfucker. He's not from uh, Monty Python, <laughs> don't but he is a. Okay. Hey, don't. I'm pointing at you. He's not from Money Python, but he is a famous British comedic actor. And what a choice. What a choice, yeah. <laughs> was the I mean, was that a choice? Was that not scripted? I actually don't know that. I was I, I was thinking when you said choice. that. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. If it was, that was brilliant. And if it was just in the script, that was he's fun. an idiot. That's a brilliant script. <laughs> and he's an idiot. Why'd you take that know, script? <laughs> I don't know who to attribute that to. But yeah, I guess I guess it would be funnier if I hadn't known that that was coming yeah i guess so everyone needs to stop quoting that part so that you don't ruin it for other people who have made it this far without seeing the movie i guess (laughs) um so i i don't know if this is literally what happened or if i missed a moment but my next point says andre the giant lights himself on fire to scare away the guards no that's right (laughs) okay i'm like I'm reading it back and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, was did he really just light himself aflame? But I guess uh... he sure did. He, they they had a flame retardant, uh, what they call a Holocaust cloak. A flame yeah, retardant. Only had a Holocaust cloak. He's like, oh, I got one of Miracle Max's <laughs> right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, who does he say? Oh, he says he's the Dread Pirate Roberts. Mm-hmm. And because I guess in the same way that pirates are superstitious, guards I guess are also very superstitious <laughs> because a giant that shows up and is on fire but not being hurt I guess would be pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> And everyone's heard the tales of the Dread Pirate Roberts. That's yeah. true. But why he'd be showing up on land on fire is like, okay. <laughs> I mean, you would assume just a giant on fire would that's be true. enough that's, to warrant that's scary enough. You could just say, I'm the giant who's on fire. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh shit, he's hey, right. What up? I'm on fire. <laughs> Step aside. As you might have noticed, you might want to move. <laughs> but if you can get some people scared of the pirate, you might as well. That's true. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I that's the first with one stone situation. <laughs> that's true. Um, and then he literally pulls up the gates and as they're closing on yep. the door, which is a fantastic move. And then I mean, one of my favorite lines happened, where the, guy, the guard with the key, he's like, uh, give us the key. And he's like, what key? I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, Fezzik, rip his arms off. <laughs> oh, this key? <laughs> That's one of my favorite moments. It's um, a, just a classic comedic bit. This is really like, this is when all hell breaks loose. This is the point of no return in the movie, oh, yeah. where everything is about to hit the fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anigo finds the man with six fingers. This is his moment. Mm-hmm. This is everything he's been waiting for. His whole life has been building to this moment. He and gets he, to deliver his speech multiple times. And he chases him throughout the castle. <laughs> and then he almost fucking loses it with a thrown knife to the belly. Oh, yeah. <sighs> so and dramatic. two cuts cool. to the shoulders. Which oh he, yeah, he does. He repays right. in kind all three wounds he was all five. All five, wounds. if you count the scars on the mm-hmm. cheeks, yeah. Um, Ooh, God, I love that scene so incredible much. What did you think of it? Chloe? <laughs> so incredible much. Yep. <laughs> That's the third Incredibles movie. Incredibles. Incredible much. Incredible much? <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like it. Um, I really liked it. I I did love that there was like the mirroring of the injuries that he was given. But I did like 
that fight. And I liked that it was his moment, and I liked that he kept repeating the same thing over again. Because <laughs> it, like, gives him strength and every time he says it. six-figured man is like, shut the fuck up. Stop saying that. <laughs> yeah. So good. Um, uh, meanwhile, Buttercup kisses the old man king goodnight. It's her dad. Oh, wait, no, it's not her dad. The, it's not his dad. It's, it's his Hubbard's dad. dad. You're right. Mm-hmm. Oh, but he's a sweet old idiot. Yeah, he's so. king. Yeah. And she kisses him goodnight, and she's like, all right, I'm going to go kill myself. He's like, hey, 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 sweet. The princess is <laughs> the princess is preparing to stab herself. And uh, do do either of you remember Wesley's kick-ass line? I do. In this if review? you want it, no, you got it. Okay, uh, it's a shortage of perfect breasts in the world. Would be ashamed to run yours. <laughs> Boom. Is that is that? That's it. You it wrote, watched it more recently, so I defer to I you. Think that's it. It's cool. uh, I I wrote down. It's a pity to damage yours. It might be it. So I might be right. I'm not gonna be, be all right. end all. Yeah. yeah. There's one word of difference. We're gonna fight. Okay. <laughs> well, Chloe, I'm gonna fight. Now. <laughs> we have to pause this for a second. We'll go outside. We'll fight. Okay. Then we'll look up what the quote actually was, and then we'll come back. I like it. We're um, gonna fight and die if that is gonna happen. Cool. And then I'm the... gonna live here then. <laughs> oh, Chloe still lives here. Not anymore. Even dead. Okay. Water's right. <laughs> My roommate comes home. Who are you? Oh, I'm I'm your roommate now. It's cool. Squatter's right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you'll just have to take over the podcast. <laughs> that is Wesley and Buttercup's big reunion. Mm-hmm. There's that whole part where she lifts his head and he's like, gently, gently. And she like, boom, smacks it against the table. His head got smacked a lot in the making of this movie. I know. Poor Ding Dong. Also, we have another moment of like... I guess a loophole in the plot where she's like, well, technically I never said I do, so I'm not actually married, which they love to come up with these weird oh, fairy tales. Like <laughs> yeah. um, CFT. And I think it is, I actually don't know if that's technically true. Um, like in real life? Yeah. In real life, don't you just have to sign the yeah, certificate? Well, I mean, like, in real life, back in those actual oh, days. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. Because I'm pretty Dude, sure there weren't married women to, be... to do whatever they wanted. Right. I get, they were probably just like, you're my wife women. now. Yeah, exactly. No, you're probably right. But if they ran away before saying, I do, you'd be like, oh, I guess she didn't consent. Oh, they just killed the village. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. say, fuck it, I'll steal this woman. That's true. That's really what happened. Medieval times were terrible, guys. Yeah. If this movie has taught us anything. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then the prince shows up and challenges Wesley to one final duel. Um, Wesley makes... So Wesley is physically unable to really fight mm-hmm. at this point because he still hasn't fully come back from being mostly dead. Um, his body has yet to recover. And he makes one final, like, amazing over-the-top speech and stands with such conviction that it convinces the prince to essentially drop his sword and give up. I can't remember for the life of me what the full speech is because oh, to the pain. Yeah, yeah, that whole sp- oh to the man, pain. it's one of the, it's also one of the most quotable things because it's yeah. so fucking weird and vicious. Yeah, yeah, it dude, is great. He, he like talks about every part of his body he's gonna cut off, uh, and then he's going he's like, to yes, my ears, I get it. He's like, no, your ears, I leave. So you can hear everyone calling you how ugly you are. Every shriek of every babe and every yeah. woman who goes, Dear God, what is that thing? Will ring forever in your perfect ears. And, uh, yeah, I guess 
I guess he truly has enough confidence to pull this shit off because he doesn't. He's Wesley. He doesn't like lay a hand on the prince. He just convinces him essentially to surrender. And Which I mean, is a real big dick energy move. True. Although I guess we have seen throughout this movie that like the prince is. I don't. I think he talks a big game rather than. He's a coward. Yeah. I don't care I bet my life on it. <laughs> yeah, he, he talks <laughs> he's a, a big he's game. He's a master hunter. He's a master hunter. He is he's actually good at that. But he, like without his boys or his hunting hounds and birds, yeah, he'd be a total. He's nothing. Yeah. So I could see. I think it, it is in his character to maybe just be like, "Fuck it, fine." <laughs> oh, the prince. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Meanwhile, uh, Inigo is still battling the man with six fingers. Uh, and is basically on the verge of defeat, but then he he fight back. He fight he fight back. He fight back. He fight back. <laughs> oh yeah, he fight back. <laughs> and uh, he clinches it. He wins. Oh yeah, he clinch it. <laughs> he clinch. He fight back. He, back. he, <laughs> he win. Back. He win. <laughs> he clinch. He clinch. He save uh, day. He kill for father. <laughs> In one final victorious I want my father back you son of a bitch yeah <laughs> offer me gold <laughs> anything as much as you want offer me anything in the, like everything in the world anything I, you want I want my father back oh man <laughs> so good which is I, I love that moment because if you if you had dedicated your entire life to revenge and this guy has clearly mapped out exactly how he wants it to go yeah. and exactly everything he wants to say he and rehearsed so, it yeah <laughs> so that moment of him being like no 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 say this like, I, me I, I could just imagine like cutting back to little 17 year old Inigo Motoya in the mirror like and then I'll ask him to offer me all the gold uh, yeah yeah that'll be cool yeah that's good that's good keep it Write it in your journal, Inigo. <laughs> it's it's like in real life when you like you're you're like staging arguments in your head. Like yeah. you like get in a fight with someone and then you drive back home and you're like, oh, what I should have said was this, and then he would exactly. say this, and then I would say that, <laughs> and he gets that moment, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> um. So meanwhile, they have they have basically gotten the prince to surrender. Buttercup ties him up. Uh, Andre the Giant appears with four white horses for them to all ride off to freedom. Because the most important job for the giant is to go get some horses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nobody else could have done that. And if you think about it, like... Actually, that's true. Inigo had to get the Sings-Figure Man, and Wesley had to get Buttercup, so... Well, actually, Fezzik went looking helped. for Wesley and oh, ended up with the right. stables, and he says, he's like... And there just happened to be four white horses there. So I figured there's four of us. And it's, it's, it's a testament to his simple nature. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. No, I, I, I dig that. Which I guess if we had wanted a shorter narrative, they literally could have just brought Iron Andre the Giant with him. And he could have just like fucking knocked out the prince. Yeah. And like, there you go. But, but Wesley it, wouldn't have had that moment. Exactly. It has to be mano a mano. <laughs> But in real life, if I wanted the job done quick, I'd just be like, dude, you throw fucking rocks at other rocks and they disintegrate. <laughs> yeah. So just, can you just knock this guy's lights out for in me? In the rated R version, Fezzik is hiding behind the door and the <laughs> prince enters. He just slaps his face, his two hands together on the prince's head and it explodes oh and blood flies everywhere. Ah. Frightening. But this was a much more romantic ending. <laughs> that um. moment where she jumps onto the horse. <laughs> So yeah. dramatic and graceful for no reason, but <laughs> other than beauty. Beauty. And uh, they ride off into the. Well, okay, they they so are riding off life. into their freedom, <laughs> and the grandpa closes the book and is like, "Fucking done." <laughs> yep. Uh, I know exactly you. It. I know that you don't want to see any like, kissing or hear about the romantic parts. 
And then horny Fred Savage kid is like, <laughs> now I do. I'm sick, but I'm horny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my he's god. A, he's a growing morning little boy. <laughs> I've been drinking a lot of pink cow <laughs> So So uh the grandpa reopens it and, and finishes the conclusion of Buttercup and Wesley exchanging one monumental kiss. There have been five perfect kisses in the history of the world and this was one of them. Well no. This is this one blew them all away. Oh. This one overtakes them. Yep. So I guess there's now been six. There's been one perfect one and then five runner-ups. Well, you can just say there's still five. <laughs> you just bump that fifth one down to six. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, number five. I the, the breaks. Wow, the people who used to hold the number one spot are fucking pissed I about. Bet. But that number five spot people, they've got to be the most pissed. What do you think it is? Spider-Man and Mary Jane from 2001 Spider-Man? Yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking before the, the, the former number one spot, I believe, was held by uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and What's-Her-Face at the end of Titanic. Kate Winslet? Yes, when they reunite after her passing. Probably. And then right after that, the Back to the Future kiss where Marty kisses his mom. Nice. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's kind of shit I'm into. (laughs) I know. That's why I said it. (laughs) And then um, then the... Jared likes to get G-fingered while thinking about kissing his mama. There's there's no smooth way to transition out of that. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm going to definitely make sure that people know this is an explicit episode. (laughs) Yeah, probably. No no way to come back from that, but uh, the movie ends because the child invites his grandpa to come back over and read it again sometime, and the grandpa leaves him with one last as you wish. Which makes me cry every time. It's so yeah. beautiful. It is. Because it means I love you. Yes. And it's so sweet. That I think clinches like what the So it's in the storybook narrative, right? And they're telling this tale of love through story with storybook love. But then at the very end you see that it is like the uni- the whole theme of the movie is like the universal theme of love in general with familial love. It's not just romantic love, it's also just like yeah, it's like I said familial love and love. Love. <laughs> And that's why it was the perfect subject for Love Month. Yeah. <laughs> love Month. Guys, <laughs> I do want to point out, I'm very proud of us because we've gone through this whole movie in an hour and a half. That's pretty fucking good. It's only as long as the movie. Yeah, which compared <laughs> to the... <laughs> com- uh. <laughs> but oh, like, comparatively, like, it's when you're doing these, like, recap episodes, it's so hard to, like narrow shit down or to not go off on like super long tangents and uh i'm just giving us a shout out i'm proud of us i we we actually managed to stay on topic somewhat yeah <laughs> question mark no, i think so um so now we'll get into some of our our arguments yeah. i suppose this is where shit gets real <laughs> so the thing that I held off on talking about a few minutes ago when we were talking about uh, Anigo's final battle with what's his face, Six Fingered Man, Count Rugen. Count Rugen. Um, one of my main things once the movie ended, I felt a little bit like, oh, that's it. Like, there's no wrap up to some of this stuff. 
because mm. I wanted to know what the fuck had happened. What happened to Inigo's stab wound? All those wounds that he had. Like he's like he on the verge of death, and yeah. he jumps out a window to like get onto the horses with his stab wound. Wait, look, he just completed his lifelong goal of revenge. Even if he goes off and then dies, I think that's an appropriate ending for him. But I don't think he. I think it's kind of implied. Like, oh no, yeah, he's fine. He gets better. I don't know. I was just like, there's no. I've grown to love this character, and now they're just leaving me hanging with him having a sword sticking out of his stomach, yep. and then jumping out a window onto a horse and riding off. I'm assuming into a trail of blood. Like definitely, that red, that white horse definitely is red now. <laughs> yeah. So that I was like, well, that sucks. Um, I yeah, I have to look through some of these notes, but Take I your time. I think um, we'll be here. <laughs> So, obviously, I enjoyed this movie a lot more on this watching of it. Now that I got to sit down not alone in the dark and there were other people around me who enjoy the movie. Like, I watched this with my sister, and my sister loves this movie. Um, so she was super excited to watch it with me. She, like, it was, like, her DVD. She, like, bought it herself. She was like, I own this movie. We're watching it. She got, like, the 20th, like, 20th anniversary, like, collector's edition version of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she was pumped. Um, I think my experience was definitely elevated by watching this with other people. um, Because I think a big thing about comedy is, like, when you're watching a drama, if it's going to affect you, you kind of, like, want to have the full impact sometimes alone by yourself so you can, like, cry and just, like, go on an emotional journey by yourself with no one else affecting it. But comedies need to be experienced socially in some way for the jokes to really land because you need to experience that like laughter and that like moment of comedy with other people. So you're not just sitting in a room alone being like, ha ha, gotcha. And then you turn to look at the side and there's no one there. And you're like, yeah. oh, oh. You're like, wait a second, am I dead? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes, you... Or hell? <laughs> makes you less inclined. I, maybe purgatory is just sitting or... in a room alone and watching movies. I would not for mind. The rest Dude, of your life. Yeah. There's so many movies that I won't have time to watch in this lifetime. That sounds like a great purgatory. Yeah. Um, I, I wrote down, uh, this is something I... Uh, I guess the ending kind of made me feel a little lackluster. I also think the prince's ending didn't seem as complete. I guess mm. I... I guess it doesn't have to end with him dying. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to end with Wesley, like, stabbing him and, like, vanquishing him. It doesn't <laughs> have to. Like, I guess... I guess that would be, like, the normal way for a movie to go is to kill off the villain, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they don't. But it also seemed like... A little bit incomplete of like, okay, so they've tied him up and they've escaped, but like, someone's just going to come and find him and untie him, and then the cycle will continue of him either, I guess, if he doesn't find her, going and finding other people. Well, he lets, he says to him, like, he's going to let him live so he can live with this cowardice, which Mm -hmm. is a poetic ending, but I also think it ends like that to play on the satire of like, yeah, leaving him alive is the worst choice because he's gonna—he's the best tracker in the world. Yep. Like you said, and he goes bleeding out. So yeah, like, that's a terrible he's de- They're definitely gonna find them, but the whole point is that it is a fairy tale and, like, it's supposed to be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I guess. I just... But I do agree with you that it's, like, it's not terribly smart on their part to do that. It is very noble and cool. Not smart. Yeah, I guess there was just... There was a moment of justice for the... I felt there there was like moments of justice for the protagonists, like 
Wesley gets his big moment, and Ego gets his big moment. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel like... That's like horses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I didn't feel like there was a moment of justice as far as the antagonist getting what he deserves. I mean, I guess you could say, yeah, he's living with his cowardice. But i that's a little bit abstract. Yeah, I think... I guess what you're supposed to take away from it is, like, his moment of justice is, like... He has all these plans to marry Buttercup, to take over the kingdom, to do all this stuff. And he can't do that without marrying Buttercup. So by taking Buttercup away, he's taken away the thing he wants the most. Yeah, I guess. Which is not just Buttercup, but the kingdom. I don't know why I dissolved into silence on that. But I... <laughs> A single tear ran down up. Chloe's face. <laughs> she was like, wow, you know what? You're right. That is true. I don't know. I just... the, the, some of the ending just didn't like fully seem, I don't know, complete to me. Um, although I do think that some movies nowadays take it in the opposite direction where there's nothing left to the imagination. Mm. Like, where there's, like, a thousand credit scenes and every character gets, like, a wrap-up. They That is something that happens a lot in modern television and films, that I think there should be some kind of medium of, like, some things should be left to the audience's imagination, but some things definitely yeah. should be wrapped up. Like, do we need to see how Darth Vader became Darth Vader? I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> I we've just we've we've been shown we didn't need to see that. Don't get me started on Disney. Disney is Satan. Oh boy, controversial. Oh boy, Jared hates Disney. Wah, wah. <laughs> Save it for our uh, part two of unpopular opinions episode wow. slash crossover Pixar episode. Oh. I would love to come back in the three of us. By the way, by the three of us, I mean Jamie and I come back on this show. Does that make sense? You've had a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, it sense. <laughs> well, I was waiting for you to <laughs> fully form, fully form a. Oh, I'm sorry that everything I say isn't perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to fully formulate that thought, but I get what you're saying. Well, you're inviting yourself you. back onto the yeah, show. I get you. Oh, Matt. Oh, you guys. Me too. Both of us back to your house. Well, that's. And next time there better be snacks. Well, that's that's <laughs> yeah. really awkward, Jared, because I was going to invite you back on, but I don't know if Jamie was going to. Oh, that's fine then. Yeah. Another. I'm okay with that too. So, But I was going to pull you aside in private, but now I just have to do this in front of him. The boy needs <laughs> to know. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I live here now. <laughs> Squatter's right. Um, I think another. <laughs> Another problem that I, I have a little bit with this movie that, that... Here's the thing. All of my qualms with this movie. It's not that I don't think it's a good movie. Like, I've obviously, like... As we're going through it, there's been a lot of parts that I really like. I said, like, I love the dialogue. There's a lot of really good things about it. And I think overall it is a good movie. But there was just some things that made me feel like it was a little bit, like, overrated or overhyped. At least for someone who didn't go into it having seen it a bunch of times it has no connection to my childhood so for me like that's why i have these complaints for things that uh didn't necessarily ruin the movie for me but made me feel like this is not the best movie of all time like a lot of people would claim jamie says it's his favorite movie of all yeah, time yeah it's uh, yeah i don't know about best movie of all time it's definitely my favorite which um, is valid and i think yeah if if you go through a lot of your life and you have heard people talk about this movie a lot, especially with all these lines being quoted all around, that can absolutely put you off a movie and ruin a movie experience for you. Um, so I totally get like why a lot of these things probably didn't hit as hard as they would have if you went into this movie knowing nothing at all about it. 
True. And the nostalgia factor definitely plays into it. I also have a, I have one final point that I think you guys are definitely going to shit on me for. Oh, boy. Oh, get, Kara's already get, your, get your shit ready. <laughs> oh, should I shit now and then get ready? To, I mean, Gentlemen. I, I kind of wanted to do it as Start you were saying. <laughs> Gentlemen. Start <laughs> your shit engines. That's my butt. That's what I call my butt. <laughs> Hold on, you guys. I have an appointment with my shit engine. <laughs> is that how you ask people where the restroom is? Yeah, an oil change. <laughs> well, I say I have an appointment with my shit engineer, and then I go and I rev up my shit engine, and then I shoot my little shit car around the racetrack. Vroom, vroom, shit, shit. Wow, I'm, I'm really glad that you decided to stick with that. Uh, me too. With that you know, simile. Me too. <laughs> um... So I am not a fan of the storybook device used in the film. I know that Jared... (laughs) Jared's giving me fucking crazy eyes. Jared's head just exploded with (laughs) shit. (laughs) Well, here's my thing. So the whole concept of this movie is that it is a, a grandpa reading this book aloud to his grandchild. And I don't have any problems with that per se. However, you don't have problems with grandpas reading stories. <laughs> I was gonna say I, that'd be fucked that's up. That's a little crazy to me. <laughs> <laughs> never seen it. Never happens. Um, but my problem is, I think it's executed in a way that actually takes me out a little bit of the movie because I don't think there's like a. I think the relationship between the grandpa and the kid is like it's well established but then you don't see them interacting that much aside from the child's reactions to the story so like that moment at the end where he's like grandpa come back and like see me tomorrow and read the story to me like it didn't like hit my heart that much because there wasn't like a there wasn't like a pre-existing story between like the grandpa and the kid like we... Oh, I disagree. There's an arc. There's a whole arc to them. Yeah. He starts out, Any this arc. kid does not want to be with his grand. He wants to play his baseball video games. And then, through this story, by the end, he wants his dad, his grandpa to come back every day. And okay. That's why it's so sweet at the end. When the There's like, a whole like, character arc. I will definitely do that. I, I know that head. that's like... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fire little shit. Jared's going to be a great grandpa. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I get old, I'm going to make people do everything for me. I'm going to be one of those old guys. So but, you're not going to read a storybook to your kid. You're going to have them read it to you. Oh, yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. Well, here's my thing. Cool. I know that that's what's like established, oh, yeah. but there's just... There's no like... St- there's not really any stake to me about like... The fact that they need to get along. There's, like, the only thing we know at the beginning is that he doesn't like when his grandpa shows up because he doesn't like that he pinches his cheeks. And that's, like, that's not that much. And there's not, like, this, like... But for a kid, it's everything. But there's not, like, a pre-existing story of, like, oh, like... You, grandpa you, you, you avoid... <laughs> yeah, what you is that what you want, boy? Do you, you want, want Peter fuck to Peter fuck this kid? Sorry, I'm so sorry. No! no. It's not you, it's Chloe. It's, it's Chloe! Chloe, you're disgusting. <laughs> There's no like element of like oh like like there's there, we don't know like how often they see each other or like how strained their relationship is or like has the grandpa tried to read the story to him like a bunch of times and every time he's been like shot down and now the kid's sick so he's taken like now's his chance like I don't know there's there's not personally I don't need more because it is just this 
it's supposed to be this basic relationship of a grandson and a grandfather. And also another device why I like this, them telling the story is because it adds to that fairy book-esque where you mm. – when they do those fairy tale satire things, you're not like questioning, why did that happen in the plot? That plot holds because, oh, it's this grandpa telling this story to this kid. Yeah. And also the storybook narrative, like I mentioned before – they're trying to tie in the universality of this fairy book story. Like, these fairy book stories have themes that recur in modern day, too. Love. Love. Ah. <laughs> and if they had spent all that time fleshing out the relationship between the grandfather and the son, that would have been 30 or whatever plus more minutes before we got to the real heart of the story. Yeah. So they gave you the bare minimum of what you needed. Kid doesn't like grandpa for X reason. And then by the end, you're like, Kid ah, fucking hates it's grandma. changed. <laughs> I I suppose. Well, did you watch the scene after the think. credits? Oh, yeah. Is there an after credit scene? Yeah. yeah. No, what happens? Yeah. Oh, my God. The grandpa comes back in, and he's like, Hey, and don't tell your mom that... No, no, never mind. I'm not gonna... Are you bullshitting this <laughs> right Totally now? bullshitting. There's no... <laughs> yeah, yeah, there isn't. Wow. <laughs> I just really wanted to see what Jared had in mind. <laughs> I had nothing. Don't <laughs> tell your mom. Apparently, it was the scene where his grandpa then comes back in and abuses him. Yeah, right. He like, he, like, punches him in the arm, and he's like, Charlie Horse! <laughs> <laughs> Nerd, <laughs> eat it! Wow. And he took the shit on his bed with his shit engine. <laughs> he's like, choo-choo, motherfucker. <laughs> and he takes the shit on his bed. He's got a shit train for a butt. shit train has left the station. <laughs> choo-choo! <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this has gone so off the rails. Wow, I thought this uh, this episode was going to dissolve into a fight. I had no idea it would dissolve into I think because we knew that it might turn into a fight. We, and honestly, I think you went through an arc. You are young Fred Savage. At first you did not That's like true. the Princess Bride. And we are Peter Falk. We are the grandfather. Yes, we're reading you the story by making My you granddaddies. Yeah. Yeah, we're your granddaddies. Call me granddaddy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you G finger? <laughs> That's what the G and G finger stands for. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, this is both the best and worst episode I've ever done. <laughs> we're happy to help. Yeah. As you wish. As oh you wish. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. It's so hard for me to argue these points now that we've just descended into fucking madness. I know, that's fair. I guess my final... <laughs> it's it's hard with movies because sometimes it's just a feeling. And totally. I, and what I would always argue when people asked me, like, what the fuck? Why don't you like this movie? Is because it... it I, I think kind of like what you touched on earlier of why it took so long for this movie to get made. It's hard to put an exact pin in, like, what it is. Mm-hmm. Because it does take a long time to get to the comedy for me. And, like, the dialogue's great, but that doesn't mean that it's, like, necessarily, like, just purely, like, hilarious dialogue. Like, the dialogue's not purely jokes, but it is really good. Um, and there's, like, uh, there's like a lot of action. And I, I don't know. Like, it's just hard. It, it was hard for me to pin it down as, like, just a satire. Because it's not, like, an over-the-top kind of parody of fairy tales it like both embraces it and subverts it which is why it's really hard to put a pin in like what the fuck it actually is and so i guess i had gone into it originally being like okay people say that this movie is so fucking funny and that like it's kind of like supposed to spoof it but i'm not getting like exact like satirical vibes all the time like there are elements of it but it's not like a full like to me it's not like a full satire 
So I think it's to a me, mostly satire. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because it's not like a it's not a broad comedy. Like everybody yeah. in the story is committing 100% to the story. And I think the thing that makes it a satire is when we jump out and we know that we're like watching through a lens. But yeah, it's not it's not a broad satire by any means. Yeah. yeah. So I think that was originally what turned me off to it a little bit. Like say for example, this is Spinal Tap. That is very in your face satire. Like it is like boom satire. We're ah. making fun of documentaries and we're making fun of these types of bands that actually did exist. And and so this is like a very yeah, it's a stark it's a very different kind of satire for sure compared to that. Yeah. I think that was my main thing that like turned me off to it originally. And as much as I did like rewatching it and liked it so much more this time, I still don't know if it's a movie that I would rewatch like over and over and over again. I think like it's definitely something that I would like watch with my kids to like introduce them to like a classic comedy. Um but I don't know, like, how often I would personally choose to be like, I'm fucking watching Princess Bride tonight. Mm. Like, I'm buying shirts. Sorry. I'm, um, <laughs> I'm, like, quoting it all over the place. Like, I, I guess I just didn't buy into it as, like, a huge fan. But I identify that, like, it was an enjoyable movie. I liked it. I love the dialogue. Um, and honestly, for me, that's good enough. Because, like you said, movies, a lot of it is about feelings. And... Uh, sometimes, I mean, like, everybody has their preferences and everything's subjective. And, like, some movies just hit certain people who have certain subjective feelings in the right way and then cause them to go out and buy shirts, for example. Um, <laughs> and sometimes it just doesn't. And then it doesn't resonate for whatever reason. But you might revisit this movie down the line, maybe when you watch it with your kid, see it through their fresh eyes and be like, oh, wow. And, you know, it's one of those ones that all, all movies can kind of either grow on you or grow off you. And I'd be, I'd be curious to see how you feel about this movie over the years. What about you, Granddaddy? Hey, Granddaddy. Uh, I agree. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, you know, the fact that you said you're going to show it to your kids, that's good enough for me. That's why it's a classic, because it will last for eternity of movies. Yes. It is truly amazing. Unless, in the future, a crazy, like, religious organization comes to power, and then we have to burn all copies oh, of the Princess Bride. You're talking about Scientology. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What if a specifically anti-Princess Bride Oh my god, if Scientology suddenly came out with this power. new campaign platform that they're like, oh, by the way, also we're super anti-Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> Burn all copies of that movie and DVD. It's like, like The Handmaid's oh. Tale, but only in the context oh that they've god. destroyed the Princess Bride. That would be Bride. a fucking nightmare world. What a dystopian future. Everyone who watches <laughs> The Princess Bride has to dress in a red cloak. <laughs> oh god, oh my god, yes! And tie your hair up in that little princess like ponytail thing she had going on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Superstar. <laughs> I do have to say, uh, just I I do have to say like the most standout thing to me was uh Carrie Elway's performance mm. was amazing to me. I can't think of anyone else who could have uh done that role as well as he did. Just he just made that character cool, man. Wesley is cool. It, it's that, cool. Probably not easy to. Do. I mean, like he is a swashbuckler. He is a very cool character, but that easily could have gone wrong. Like if you got somebody who wasn't charismatic enough to hold up that role, that could have fallen flat, mm -hmm. hard. Because he's not cool. He's not just cool in like, oh, he's like a bad boy. Like he's not like a Flynn Rider type, mm. like from Tangled, mm -hmm. where he's just like, I'm handsome and smarmy, and I feel like. That's kind of what this character type could have easily become mm -hmm. and, like, could have been interpreted as. 
But that's so run of the mill. And I think uh, he did it in a very different way. Yeah, he's way more good than like chaotic, like Flynn Rider, for example. Because everything he's done, he's done specifically with the end goal of get back to Buttercup. Mm-hmm. So That's the sequel, Princess Bride, back to Buttercup. <laughs> oh, damn, that'd be dope. Back to Buttercup. And they're running from Camp, Count Rugen, and he's like chasing him across the seas and shit. <laughs> I'd watch it. Wow. Don't do that. No, don't, no, no sequels. No. I'd be well, only if you guys are in only it. Only if we're in it. Luckily, our characters live, except for yours, maybe not. No, I live. You might have died from all those stab wounds, That's my friend. true, my friend. <laughs> but let's say you didn't. Thanks, well, before we leave today, I wanted to ask each of you a question that I have not prepared you for. No, um, no, no. But I, I want to start asking all of my guests this. I would like each of you, and it, maybe one of the answers is Princess Bride, I don't know. Uh, I would like each of you to come up with the three movies that you would bring with you if you were stranded on a deserted island. Easy. If you can't think of, a, wow. if, if you can't think of three, or if you want, you can add a bonus television series where you're allowed to bring the entirety of that. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. That makes things harder. Definitely yeah. does. And Why also, would you do that, Chloe? Ah, bring an ice one series. series. Ah, series. Ah, <laughs> damn, you're evil. Damn, dog. <laughs> Shit. Chloe's turned to a witch in a room. You're Maleficent too over here. You're only allowed one television series. One television series, three movies. One television series, three movies? Come on, Chloe, give me two television series. Jesus Christ. Sorry. Sorry, Grandpa. Yeah, Grandpa. Grandpa wants another series. <laughs> Grandpa always does. Uh, all right, who wants to go first? Jared does. All right, movies. I'm going to take Wait, wait, a- what did we decide on? Three movies, one series? Yes. Okay. Three movies, one series. Yes. Got it. My three movies, Lord of the Rings, the box set, so I can take all three. My second <laughs> yes. movie- Oh, no, 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 no. Yes, no. Are they all on one disc? Sure. I mean, it's sure. 12 hours of footage, but I don't know what disc can You can choose one. I cannot choose one. That's the whole point, Chloe. They're my favorite. Then they should be your top three. Okay, then you don't get your TV series. Oh, come on. Okay, fine, fine. All right, Lord of the Rings, Princess Bride, and Children of Men are my three top movies of all time, easily. Uh, My top series is not so easy because it's between Dark and Avatar The Last Airbender, but I will take the Avatar The Last Airbender. Wow. Wow. Whoa, I surprised (laughs) you guys with that, did I? I wasn't even that surprised, but I just went with what Jamie was doing. You're not going to be able to hear my my third top series because Chloe won't let me Okay, but if you had to choose between the Lord of the Rings movies, which one would you choose? It's pretty impossible to say, but... I guess, am I allowed to choose extended editions or theatrical releases? If it's on a DVD, then you can enjoy, You can choose the extended edition. <laughs> I probably would pick the first one, The Fellowship of the Ring, of the if I had to pick. Okay. Extended well, or did. theatrical cut? Extended, of course. Of course. Okay, director's commentary sure. or no director's commentary? No director's commentary. I want to hear Peter Jackson talking over the whole thing. That would imagine? suck. If the one, if it was like a monkey's paw thing and your wish was for that oh movie God. on a desert island and you got it, but it was with the director's commentary over what it. What if that's what Purgatory was? Is you could watch any movie, but you had to listen to the commentary. That's honestly <laughs> fun. That's so funny. I will say, if you get the chance to watch the behind the scenes of Lord of the Rings, it is totally worth it. It is fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I it's bet. It's really fascinating. I, um, yeah, I buy that. All right, Jamie. All right, uh, I'm not 100% on these movies, so I'm just going to say whatever like comes to like came to my brain uh, gut-wise. Um, so number one, uh, definitely Princess Bride. 
Um, and then what were the other two you said, just in case I want to... Children of Men. Children of Men. And, and Lord, Lord of the Rings. Rings okay. Entirety. Lord of the Rings is real good, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Fuck Princess you, Bride. Dude. Fuck you! No, no, no! <laughs> oh, here's the fight. This is what I was waiting <laughs> for. <laughs> yeah! Who would have thunk? Not me. Um, oh, it might be the third... No. Okay, I'm going to say Princess Bride. I'm going to say uh, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Okay. The third one, because okay. I really like that one. Me too. Um, and then I'm going to say... Okay, first one that's coming to my head is Muppet Treasure Island. I fucking <gasps> love that movie. Ooh. So let's go Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> the series I would bring is The Simpsons. Oh, okay. That's a good choice. I would probably be only watching uh, a select couple, like few of those seasons, but if I had to pick a series in totality, yeah, The Simpsons. Good choice. Good choice. Thank you. This was... Quite a ride. <laughs> so yeah. If you guys Brawls. look, I'll have you look before you leave. But if you look at like the little, uh, like the sound waves, there's multiple times where we just descend into just like full on yelling for like a solid. Just minute. like Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, you guys. Thanks, Chloe. This was really, really fun. This is gonna be really hard to edit. I don't know if I want to cut anything. Mm, this is all, this is all gold. You should probably cut that racial slur that Jared threw out. That way. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I <laughs> would never, <laughs> never. <laughs> no, I'm gonna keep it in. I'm gonna loop it actually. Oh, just shit. as an expose. <laughs> okay, this whole episode just turns into a Jared Coxie expose. <laughs> but who is the man behind the voice? <laughs> Because Jared becomes a famous voiceover actor. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> you great... heard it here first, folks. Jared Gopsiak doesn't know. What a great final <laughs> This is your moment to say goodbye. I don't know. Whatever. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're never going to end no, this. Oh, I just got to say goodbye to you guys. Thank you so much for being on. This was super, super fun. I loved having both of you. Um, Thank you for having us. We Both of you have plugged this before, but you guys should check out their podcast, oh, yeah. Magic yeah. Quest Boys of Dragon Town. Uh, highly recommend. As soon as you finish this podcast, go over to theirs. Yeah. And uh, check out some of the other episodes that I've had them on. Check out uh, Jared on the Unpopular Opinions podcast episode, and check out Jamie on our Pixar Palooza episode because I I really like how both of those episodes turned out and I highly recommend even though I'm biased so (laughs) anything anything else to say besides uh, I don't know (laughs) I don't know you know what I don't know either (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much you guys that was Jamie Andrews and Jared Kopsiak I am your host Chloe Rodriguez Uh, make sure to follow this podcast on Instagram at unwatchable with Chloe Rodriguez And uh, leave us a little uh, rating and review down below because I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about the podcast and whether or not you're enjoying it, and I hope you are. Thank you so much. I'll see you next time on Unwatchable. (laughs) 